Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 167. Yes, I'm doing that now. Well, at least this week. I'll probably forget next week. We talk about DC Comics on this show. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's also here. He's in great pain, which mm. pleases me ever so. Uh, <laughs> I'm suffering through it for the people. For the people, yes. <laughs> Yes, Connor was ill via flu and now has toothache, so he's had a a rough week. Um, yeah. Yes. So any delays to anything that's been expected recently? That's why. Just uh, I won't I won't go through them all. I'll just anything that's been expected in the past week that's not happened. Uh, I will why. take blame on this one, but I yes. mean I don't feel too bad about it because that was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, you know. So um, yeah, we have these comics uh, coming up on this week's show. We have deceased. Issue 4, we got Batman 76, we got Justice League 29, we have Lois Lane number 2, we have Sinestro Year of the Villain issue 1, and we have Superman Up in the Sky number 2. Uh, you'll notice Green Lantern was missing there, Connor only read a limited batch of books this week and he didn't get to Green Lantern, so uh, due to, again, due to illness and headaches. and It'll and be things. next week or the week after, depending on how the schedule's looking. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, so that's the books that come up today. There's a little bit of news as well, and then as per usual, we'll probably ramble for a little bit first because that's typically how this show starts, with us catching up on the week and seeing what we've been doing and what random things have been happening in Matt's life that he likes to tell us about. Uh, notably this week, there's no, I went to Star Wars land, here's my lightsaber talk, which is... Uh... No, not this week. Not the last week. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's peaceful. It's peaceful. He so... will get the lightsaber if you push him. Probably. Well, it is around the corner still. Yeah, I don't know. It was a full weekend of wrestling, man. If you'd like to, I know you can't. Yeah, I'm. It. I'm so out of the loop. I forgot it was Takeover. So it's been a rough week for me. Uh, to cap it all off. I had a massive uh, over the phone fight with my dad from Thailand. Um, because he does not know that he can't. He does know. He chooses not to. Uh, can't mix alcohol and pain pills, um, yet he chooses to do so. Uh, you can with ibuprofen. Yeah, 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 that's not a pain pill. When I talk pain pill, I'm talking. No, not about... like not like seriously. But even, even I mean, even yeah. paracetamol, which are you know, the same level as ibuprofen. You can't mix those. No. So, anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm in a foul mood now. I want to crush things like the Hulk. Um, so some maybe, angry reviews from Matt. Coming. Maybe maybe crowdsourcing a plane ticket so I could fight my dad in a Muay Thai ring. Um, more on that later. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I, I okay. Yeah, that was one week. Connor had a miserable week. Yeah, I was ill and then I chipped my tooth. Cannot get into a dentist. There's, there isn't a single one available in the city that can see me. So I'm miserable and pain. I uh, I had an up and down week. I was a bit miserable for a couple of days, but I cheered up after. Um, I have nothing specific to be mad about like you two, though, so I, I guess I came out on top this week for a change. Um, here's to a m- mediocre week, which we all aspire to have. That sounds blissful right now. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, school's starting, so now I don't have to wake up so early. That's good. Well, that was nice. No, no more four AM days. So it's weird good. how you have to wake up earlier and when they're not at school. That's that's bizarre to me. Yeah, well, that's because because of what I do. It 
when there's no kids there, it makes my job easier. So okay, um, yeah. So and it's hotter than shit, and they don't want to pay for air conditioning past a certain time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> if I get air conditioning for two hours, then that is the two hours I'll complete every task I'm going to do this day. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, yeah. So just and it's hot and like hotter than normal at this time of year. Oh no, we're back to miserable weather now. Yeah. We've we've so, been having thunderstorms, flooding. Uh, yeah, and that's, uh, and that's not horrible. We said we're back to it. This is the standard, I guess. You know, terrible yeah. rain and wind. It's kind of what I expect. But I mean, to be fair, it did knock out the power for like half of England yesterday. <laughs> like the not me, thankfully. Um, but like half England lost power, hospitals lost their power, airports, train, everything just That's completely shut down. I um no, it's still it's still I mean it's still relatively warm here, but um it's definitely been raining more often. Um very unpredictably so as well, might I add. I've been going out on walks every day and I've been trying to like you know, if I look at the well and go, Well, it's raining, it's not raining at this time, so I'll make sure I get my walk in before then. And there's been days where the entire opposite things happened, uh, either to annoy me or I take precautions and nothing happens, and the, the whole thing's uh, been... No, I was, uh, I was I sat down yesterday, and it wasn't raining at all, and then I heard a thunderclap, like, right above my house. I was like, shit, that was close. And then, immediately, just torrential downpour rain. Usually when we get... Th- you know, it builds up to it. You know, you've you got some lighter rain, it gets heavier. This was just out of nowhere, just some of the heaviest rain I've seen. Uh, it was weird. Yeah, the thunder's more of a late summer thing, though, because that's like it's because it's still kind of warm as well yeah. as being wet, as opposed yeah. to the winter where it's just kind of wet and it's fine. <laughs> just it's just wet and cold. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, no. Um, yeah, I'm watching movies this week. I've been doing that. I, I watched. Matt, did you ever see Seven Days in Hell? The uh, it's it's a HBO thing with Sandberg and. Uh, oh, the tennis one. Yeah, the tennis one with uh, what's his yeah. face for Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, that one's good. But it's not as good as the Tour de France one. Um, I saw the that Tour de France. Week. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, had its moments. I don't know if the Tour de France one's gonna make you laugh like it did with me though, because <laughs> it includes John Cena picking a naked man up over his head and spinning him around. I don't know if I slightly the sound of this that much. <laughs> then they talk about the physics of a flapping wing. <laughs> and how it affected the tour. Um, I just there's a couple of moments of this hell that made me laugh really hard. Uh, yeah. One was an erection. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And then the other one was when Kit Harrington got a phone call from the Queen. We don't get to hear the conversation, and he just he just looks at the documentary and goes, yeah. and they go, "What did she say?" He's like, "She wants me to win." <laughs> and that's it. Oh, it was tour de pharmacy. That's the name of that one. Oh uh, dear. No. You find out that everybody's on certain drugs. You oh, know, so, it's, so it's just a documentary then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it had uh, had Andy Samberg, John Cena, Orlando Bloom, David Diggs, and Freddie Highmore. Um, and then Lance Armstrong plays Lance Armstrong. But <laughs> then they also do this funny thing where they have older versions as they're recounting the documentary. So Jeff Goldblum's the older Andy Samberg. Um Dolph Lundgren's the older John Cena. So, <laughs> That's yeah. actually kind of good. It's, it's real funny. Uh, That's actually pretty good. I also I watched The Night Comes For Us on Netflix. That's really good. If you like action movies, you should watch that. 
I highly recommend it. Brutal and violent. I will leave it at that. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I had, I had a less measurable week, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, me, me and Matt are talking about all this shit stuff. He's like, oh, I watched some movies. Yeah. Look, it's not my fault. Oh, it's an Indonesian movie, that's why. That's, that makes sense. It's, it's, no, Matt, you'd be into this one. You'd love yeah. it. I promise you. I'm not saying it. I wouldn't or not. I'm just saying you said it was dark and violent, and that checks out. I said yeah. brutal and violent. I wouldn't say it's that dark. Oh. It's, it's brutal, brutal and dark, whatever. I wish I had time to do things this week. I just didn't. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, not nature, but um, whatever's affecting Carter caught up with him. And I'm sorry that Matt's got family troubles. I'm uh, sorry that I had none of those things this week. The worst part is the family troubles only started this morning. Everything else was fine. Outside of it being hot and me being extra tired. Um, but yeah. And I'm behind on the G1. Everything is terrible. <laughs> I'm also behind on the G1, Matt. I wouldn't worry too much about that. I guarantee yeah, I'm more behind the than you. Yeah, but finals are coming and people can't help but spoil it. So uh, I need yes. to get... I have to watch six hours of wrestling over the next 48. That that seems like a very normal amount for you. Yeah, but is that is that no. including or not including TakeOver? That's no. not including TakeOver. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm watching live for the first time in forever. So... Yeah, they've, they've kind of, I don't want to say they've ruined NXT, but it just it seems to be missing a spark right now. Mm. So, but yeah, it sucks. Yep. And Glow's um, on, haven't even had a chance to watch Glow. <laughs> I watched the first episode yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Hide into history in a neat way. Um, but yeah, yeah, hell of a week. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we talked about comic books. Uh, we'll get cracking into the the news, the comic book news uh, that we have this week. We got a couple of quick things, and then maybe something that's worth more of a discussion. Uh, so first up, uh, we have uh, some actual last minute delays for next week, which is funny because me and Connor were looking at the schedule for next week uh, recently. And we're commenting how different it is from last month where we had like 12, 13 books and it was like a pack week too. Next week was already a lot later. Next week, uh, I think I had eight books versus like 12. So, that, you know, that's a third just cut like from last month. Um, which made sense because there was one shots last month and other things that were beefing up, delayed books that had fallen on it. Um, but uh, me and Matt are losing some more books for next week because uh, DC is pulling Superman 14 and Supergirl 33 uh from from well, stores and saying they're going to recirculate them at a later date yeah what's interesting is they've already been printed and presumably uh shipped to stores or at least they're in the order ready to be shipped because they're asking yeah. the stores to destroy the copies yes which sounds very serious and i have to wonder because it also mentions this is going to delay the the legion um uh, i think they just mean the fact that the legion's supposed to return in this issue of superman Okay, okay. Well, I have to well, imagine... I know if my shop gets it, I'm going to have it. I don't <laughs> care what I have to pay. He says well, that. He... He's going to walk in next week and go, oh, I paid $500 at the comic store this week. No, yeah. not that they, much. They have claimed that it's just because of the covers. They're like, oh, the cover... You know, because of the production schedule, the covers don't line up with what we had scheduled at the time. And 
I'm not sure if I believe that. This seems quite extreme. You know, it's a two and a three week delay. Yeah. For just a different cover. Uh, yeah. How many covers uh, and comic books have not represented what's inside the book? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting to well, it is to me anyway. Yeah, it's very odd. The, the, the good thing is, if there is a conspiracy, we will find out about it because there's too many copies that are going to be shipped first to not hear. Exactly, mm-hmm. which which is why I like I almost think there there can be one then because because they would know we'd all find out anyway. They know that it's going to like if there's like some story thing they're going to change, people are going to find out. It's going to be there. They know this. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me think. I don't know. It seems weird as well though to push them to separate weeks. If it's just oh we're just we're just doing a new cover and slapping it on and reprinting. So I wonder I wonder if the. Yeah, again, I was going to say, I wonder if they, they want it to line up with other stuff that's happening elsewhere in, in, the, in the DCU, but at the same time, why destroy the copies then? Why not just say, we're holding these back, don't sell them for two weeks or whatever? Yeah. This is this is, this is very fishy. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. It's a couple of weeks delay for a couple of books. It's but... just so unusual. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Superman's now coming week four this month, and Supergirl's coming week one next month, so... <laughs> Uh, what's interesting there is that we may get two issues of Supergirl back to back. Because it's not like they've delayed this because the issue is not done and the artist is behind or anything like that. So they claim. So they claim. Well, I mean, if the book's yeah. there in boxes waiting to be shipped, then it's. Well, no, I mean, is for all we know, they're actually changing a lot of the interior and the next issue won't line up either. So we'll see. On oh, that. sure, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I wonder if they introduced something and they've changed their minds and what the like. Let's say they're introducing the Legion, but they've changed their minds and what half the, the Legion outfits are going to be, and that's what they're redoing. Yeah. So it's not really a story change. It's just a no, no. We want to change the designs of like half these characters. Could be. Um, so neither as of you know right now when they were printed, they were the Year of the Villain tie-ins, uh, and both of them are losing that now. Oh, I wonder yeah. if that was a couple of extra pages on each book. Versus before. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Replacing those Year of the Villain book pages. Um, yeah. I, oh, there you go. Uh, bizarre little bit of news. Uh, be sure to give us your thoughts. Uh, and then, a weekly tradition here on the show is to tell you about Shazam issue 7 being pushed back another week. Uh, so here we go. Shazam issue 7 has now been pushed back. This, this is from August 8th, this update. It's been rescheduled now to September 11th, which is now 13 weeks later than the original date. Um, which, I do, I do hate the headline they always put in this, because they always keep saying, oh, it's been pushed 13 weeks, and I'm like, well, yes, it's 13 weeks total, but it's not another 13-week delay. <laughs> yeah. It's another one-week delay. Because <laughs> last week it was 12 weeks delay. Um, it was. I, just, I love that they do update the same article, though, so you can just see the running tally of every week. Because it was exactly a week it updated August 1st, you know, uh, and another change to Shazam 7. Well, I look forward to next week when we tell you about uh, September 18th being the new date for Shazam number 7. Look forward to that next week. Um, yeah, uh, they did, uh, with this one, they did push back uh, 8 and eight through 11 as well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, I say that because last week they didn't. <laughs> At this point, no, I just, like, I'm just not going to believe anything they say about those issues until 7's in, in stores. I, <laughs> I think 7 might be the only issue we get for the rest of the year. Uh, <laughs> it may be. I, I, it depends what's holding all this up. It really does, because... 
I mean, sometimes the dates they've got for future issues are just absurd, knowing what they know internally. But it does say that there is some logic here to them thinking they can get the rest out quicker. I mean, maybe we do get more issues before the end of the year. Maybe, but they're, they're claiming, you know, every two weeks after this issue. I, I just don't believe that. Yeah, well, I don't believe that either. I still think they're going to get pushed, but I think we'll get one or two issues after this before the end of the year. We'll see. I don't think it's that absurd uh, expectation. Um, as long as Doomsday Clock's done by the end of the year, Shazam can take a re- All I'm saying is, it's been three months between issues six and seven. That's, that's all it takes. Another three and we're into next year at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm going to put my, my reputation on the line and say they'll have issue eight out by the end of the year. <laughs> that's all I'm wanting to bet. I'm not betting anything else. But <laughs> issue point, eight. Why don't they just bundle it as a you know, like a black label size book and just release it all in one shot. You know? Because uh, they still want it to be an ongoing. They still want to keep going with it, I guess. I don't know. Well, they still could. I'm just talking about all the stuff that's gotten delayed. Yeah. You know? Because if, if, if their plan's there, they can still do it two weeks after. Do you, do you right? know what we haven't had in a little while? Mm-hmm. A doomsday clock delay. If not. Oh, I a doomsday clock in a while. <laughs> I mean, we're due one soon, though, right? Why would we do the next one? End of this uh, month. I'm gonna check what 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 Comicsology currently has the next one listed for. Because... The next one's eleven, right? We're on the show eleven next. Uh, yes, eleven is next. You are right. Ten, that... ten, ten happened. And that's scheduled for when right now? Fourth uh, of September. Okay, so just those has been delayed a week beyond the end of this month. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, it's not too long. Um, I'm not going to gar- I'm not going to say that. I, I don't think it'll get delayed a week or yeah, two. Yeah, we, we, but... we've got nearly a month yet for it to to delay. But I feel confident it'll be out by the end of September. Yeah, yeah, that's plausible. <laughs> oh dear. I'm going to screenshot Matt's face right now and just any time I want to like post a blank expression saying I don't care about this thing, I'm just going to post a picture of what Matt's I, looking like right now. I don't care about the delays anymore. I just want my Shazam book. I don't care when it comes out. I'm... Matt's lost all hope. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what this means in, for House of X number two because I haven't read them and I clicked on a News Realm article and this is why I don't read Hickman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't bother. Yeah, yeah. I've not, t- I've not touched Hickman's X Men, and nor, nor am I planning to. Not my thing. Not my thing. Uh, all right. So, the interesting article in Newsarama this week, uh, where Jim Lee was uh, talking about uh, the current state of DC's digital business, and that's that's pertaining to actual digital comic book sales uh, as well as DC Universe. It's not just the the, the Universe service. This was a uh, more of a wider scope. Um, so, um, basically he said DC's digital sales have hit a wall. Uh, they've stopped growing, uh, which is interesting um, for, yeah. for a couple of reasons. And this isn't just a recent one. It says, you know, been flat in, you know, recent years, which means that this isn't just a, you know, a one quarter slump. Which, I wonder, like, I wonder if it speaks to me. One, that digital books are just priced too much uh, for what they are. Can- 
I think it's very, very possible that is a, a significant factor. I think that's a factor. I think another factor is, especially now, is that you know, are people willing to just wait the year on DC Universe and read them that way? Like, do, do they mind being a year behind if it means not having to buy books? I can understand. Price-wise, it's very appealing for DC Universe. I can't remember. It's about, I think, $8 or something like that a month. I don't know how much I pay. It just comes out of my bank. Yeah. Um, because okay, another thing I wonder as well is like trade waiting is still a thing in digital and I think there's an appeal to just waiting and then especially if you're buying the trades on sale because they tend to go on sale fairly often that you can you can blag a, like a six issue trade which is normally say 15 20 dollars and get it for like five like that happens often enough that I think a lot of people do wait for that and I know for me, uh, speaking about trades, I mean, I don't wait for them to say, obviously we do single issues for the show, but when it comes to buying trades of classic material, I never pay full price. I just wait for sales because they happen mm. often enough that mm. I can just wait and just get a bunch then and never, never, ever consider paying more than, a, if you know, five or six dollars per book. Yeah, me too. Um, that said, though, I, I like... I've I've said this for a while, back, back when this was kind of rumoured that DC Universe might have, like, comics day and date and that kind of thing. Like, if they do a day and date thing with a digital service like that, and obviously I expect them to charge a reasonable amount, if they charge, like, $20 a month for it, I would happily pay that and never buy another comic again. I get that. You know, it's, it'd basically be their version of Netflix Originals. It would just be, no, you, you get all this stuff when it, when it comes out. This is why you pay for the service. you got a big back catalogue. And that's yeah. it. Um, the models... Yeah, it... and he did mention that uh, subscriptions for DC Universe are still going up. Um, now, this news wasn't... like This interview was not, you know, in the last week. I know, obviously, they've only just published it, but uh, it was before the Doom Patrol uh, with HBO Max news. It was it was before that because... Um, uh, because they didn't know... He didn't mention the specifics of that deal. He just yeah. kind of talked vaguely as, oh, yeah, there, there are plans. It's worth um, mentioning, though, that since then there's been a couple of renewals, maybe gaining a bit of trust with the yeah, service. Yeah, he did say, no, that there, there are plans for shows still. There are more announcements to come. You know, he was very clear that those were in the in the line. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that there was... When this was... When, when this interview happened was probably when trust in DC Universe was at its lowest, right? Uh, you know, you were coming up towards the end of Swamp Thing, which was cancelled after one episode. And, and terrible. <laughs> well, that too. But even, even that aside, even for the people who liked it, there was that. Yeah. You, you, you didn't really know what was coming up next year, really, after Stargirl. And, you know, it was not great, yet their subscription numbers were still going up. That's good. I mean, I mean, uh, the bad catalog of comics, especially since I've expanded it, is definitely a big appeal for people who are into comics. And I think one of the big things about buying single comics is I think it's a really hard sell. I, I think, you know, if, if I wasn't doing this show, I don't know if I'd necessarily be buying that many single issues, you know, week to week. I'd probably be reading a lot more in trade because it's just, it's a lot easier to sell people on, hey, get a volume every six months that'll cost, you know, this amount and you get a significant chunk. And you can read a few books that way. Um, yeah, you know, convincing people to like opt in to like, oh, you get you know get you know anything from four to ten single issues a week, and it racks up the price to this amount like very quickly. And no, so that's why um, DC do fantastic in the book market because mm. they understand that element of it. Of hey, no, we package in a solid trade paperback hardcover. Doesn't need to be that fancy. It doesn't need to be a deluxe. It doesn't have to have all these bonus features. 
they just need to put the trade in the shop and that will sell because people see it as an actual book at that point you know they gravitate towards it, they go yeah you know it's not that much more than buying you know a novel and you know it, it's a reasonable chunk of a story like i say or maybe even a full story depending on what it is yeah um because it's hard to write i mean I, I you know i've people who have been vaguely interested in some characters or whatever in the past and i've said oh hey you know it's only you know a couple dollars to try an old issue or something i recommended issue one of whatever it was to just you know try get try that test your mm-hmm. how you feel about it and then if you like it you know i'll recommend the trade or whatever and it, almost no one has ever came back and said okay what do you buy next or whatever that they they read it and go yeah that was fine but i don't know if i want to devote like two dollars per issue of this like it, it doesn't to yeah, new people it doesn't feel like a worthwhile investment it's it's one of those where digital singles kind of should be cheaper but they can't without being very unfair to the stores i know there was a point a couple of years ago where dark horse said i think it was i think it might have been before they were on comiXology um were going to price their digital singles lower and at like a shitload of stores just went well we won't carry you then if you're selling them cheaper on there and they were not willing to lose that percentage of the market yeah Um, i think specifically for dc obviously they used to do the thing where after two months or whatever it was they dropped the price by a dollar and they've stopped doing that. I think that was a pretty big mistake, personally. Yeah, I think that was a mistake. I'll, I'll, I'll eat that system. Um, and I, I don't think shops mind it either, because a lot of them will go, well, after a few months, we'll throw it in the back issue bin anyway and throw it, oh, just grab it for a dollar, because better better a dollar than nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it kind of mirrors what shops do, uh, in a yeah. sense. Um, yeah, I, I miss that system. I know, I think Marvel still do it, but they, they wait a lot longer to do it, though. They wait, like, over a year before their oh, really? book goes down. I know no, image still do it. Image still do it. Um, IDW still do it. And what's insane about yeah. IDW is that their books do come off as really expensive to the point where, like their trades, I mean, they're often in sales. I'll buy the singles rather than the trade of a of a series because their trades so overpriced for four issues, even on sale. That buying the four single issues on sale is actually a better proposition. Yeah, buying the four single issues is usually four dollars, where even on sale the trade can be six. Yeah, so it's just. You know, yeah. it works out that way. And it, yeah, obviously you don't want to like piss off actual physical book. But I mean, there is something to be said for why a digital book should be cheaper than a physical book. There's no production. Now, the argument against it, of course, uh, just, just on a complete a value basis, is that the physical book does have some ads in it, whereas the digital book doesn't. So Exactly, yeah. And, you know, we're talking about, well, you know, everyone takes a cut with the, the physical book. Uh, I think Comixology, well, you know, and Amazon take like a 30-odd percent cut uh of, of everything uh on the on their store so i mean yeah. that immediately is a third of the revenue gone yeah yeah um the the, the concerning thing is though is that the price is sort of creeping up and we're getting to the point now where four dollars is the normal price a lot of books are five dollars I've, I've seen a, a few stores talking about this in recent weeks where the expectation is marvel will be at five dollars a book by next year if not early yeah. next year um, and that that's where it gets really hard on digital. It's okay, okay, I've accepted that we're getting used to four dollars, but once it's five dollars for a digital book, it's like, well, <laughs> did I have to go up digitally as well, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a, a tough sell. Because um, DC did try the dual pricing for a while. Um, I, I, did, I thought it was great. I loved that dual pricing. <laughs> no, no, I get why you did. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if it was a backlash from the shops that, that cut out. Because I know at that point it was the shops had the digital code included, for, but it was a dollar more. Yeah. But you got both. Um, apparently, the re- uh, according to DC, the redemption rate on those codes 
was in the single digit percentages. So they just decided it was not worth doing. Oh, I mean, that's a shame. I mean, I guess, the, the problem with that, though, is, is that it affects the digital buyers who were just happy to be getting it cheaper. So yeah. and all that really happened was is that the price raised for digital buyers and 90 plus yeah. percent of the people buying the physical book lost nothing. Um, exactly. But the thing that they were putting the digital, that, the, in the physical book was theoretically subsidizing what they were losing digitally. And they were like, well, we're not going to bring the other one down. So that one's got to go up for parry. Parry is a bitch. I hate parry. It's the worst thing ever. No, it is. It is. It's it is uh, been a consistent, not just in comics, but in the the fight between you know, uh, brick and mortar stores and the and digital storefronts. Uh, the, the the parry has been the issue that has caused the most problems. Yeah, and it, it, the because the, 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 the sucky thing is is that you're not getting. I mean, obviously we still have the convenience of digital, but we're not getting any of the, the benefits, other benefits that we should have because of this petty kind of. No, no, we can't be, because it, because the, the you know the physical stores are so scared that if digital has all the benefits that it could have, then no one will want physical anymore. And I don't necessarily think that's true. I think people who love physical books are going to keep buying physical books. To a point, I think margins on a lot of comic shops are very slim as it is. Um, I, you know, I, I know stores if they lose even ten percent of their readership, that's it. They could go under quite easily. Uh, I think if you drop the price of digital compared to the store by a significant margin, which is kind of what we're talking about here, I think yeah, ten percent of people, yeah, they probably would abandon the stores and go and go and save the money digitally, and that would suck for those stores. I can I can see why they're scared. The sad truth is though, as I, I just I don't think, like I I want people to support comic book stores. I don't want comic book stores to go away. But the sad truth is here is this is kind of an inevitable sort of thing that everyone's fighting because they they want them to stick around. You know, there's, there's this fight for survival in the face of something that ultimately is inevitable. Well, I mean, it hasn't been inevitable in all industries yet. So, you know, they, they haven't lost yet. Well, no, I mean... All I, I know is the one thing that keeps my shop afloat is magic sales. Yeah, Funko so, Pops usually do a lot of business. My, my store doesn't do any of that stuff. It's just comics. Right. They should branch out. You should have a chat with them and say, hey, start. Well, well, but that's the point. It, like, that's, that's, uh, to go to, to, to games, that's what, like, you know, GameStop are doing as well. Like, oh, they're, yeah. they're going, well, hang on. Games, it's the same parity issue with, you know, the digital storefronts where they're like, well, we need to branch out. And uh, there are a lot of comic stores doing that. But I don't want them all to do that because my, you know, my my store is pretty small. It has a lot of independent books, local books, as well as you know the the DC Marvel image, you know, all the usual. If they have to put in magic cards and you know Funko Pops, that's a lot of their you know that's a lot of their space gone, uh, and all those independent comics will just vanish because they won't be afford, able to afford them. Yeah, no, I mean I'm not saying there's no negatives to this. I'm not saying that there's there's nothing well, sad about it. But the, 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 the the thing is, though, if you look at movies, for example, right, is that physical movies still exist, but they're definitely more of a niche thing. It's people who really love movies who still collect physical media. And I love physical media, and I don't want it to go away because it's better. It just is. You know, a, a 1080p Blu-ray is much better than a 1080p Netflix stream, uh, 4K likewise. And I say that as someone who's never seen a 4K Blu-ray on a 4K TV before, but I'm sure it's magical. I respect it enough to know it's magical. <laughs> and... 
but ultimately it's more of a niche thing and you've seen this thing in the, the film industry where a lot of movies aren't being released physically by their own companies anymore they're being licensed out to these like boutique labels who want to do them and want to treat them with respect and they're being allowed to do that because they see the physical market as something that's not worth investing in but these boutique labels do it and then the streaming's for the mainstream right um and i think ultimately comics in and of itself is kind of a niche market right in terms of its size like it's there's nothing compared sure. to the other industries and i think sadly ultimately eventually the physical chunk of it might actually end up being like a, a niche within the niche assuming digital gets to the point where it should where it's priced a bit more fairly and some of these obstacles are removed but yeah it's hard to say because i think the 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 key difference between you know comics and movies here is that reading a comic physically is a much more tactile experience oh, whereas streaming versus you know a blu-ray we can see the difference there is a clear objective difference that's just a fact but you're still sitting and watching it on the same screen yeah, uh, so it true. feels like a relatively comparable experience whereas reading a, a comic digitally versus a physical book in your hand is a completely different experience entirely we could throw out all this conversation, though, and maybe just leap to this assumption that there's a ceiling on comic book sales, and if there's a ceiling on comic book sales, there's also a ceiling on what the percentage that's digital. And so the yeah. question I ask is, are single issues physically also kind of flat? I think they did go up a little bit in the start of this year, when the, when the fiscal year I came out. I think they were up over last year, yeah. Yeah, but by how much? Like, Is it, is it like a big increase, or but, are we... But are they up because there's more, or are they up because there's actually more sales? You know what I mean? Like, are there yeah. just more books uh, you, on the right, market? You say, oh, is, it, is it the same people just buying more books? Yeah. Right. Or yeah. or is it actual sales that have gone up? Because my take, and again, I'm, I'm not good with numbers or money in this way, but if, if DC is getting away from doing the double shipping, right, and just going back to everything single shipping, everything's going to be minimum $4, then that tells me less people are, are going to be buying that makes sense yeah and then you also have to include variants where digital you buy oh. you just buy the digital book and that's it right. you got your book uh whereas physical some people will buy multiple covers they'll buy yeah. you know whatever yeah um, yeah not... i just i definitely see it becoming a niche market where most books i mean most of the people i know now are going more towards digital anyways because it's easier because it it's it's the time to go into the shop because like shops are becoming less and less you know, yeah, that's not just easier. true comics. That's everything, though, yeah. right? You know, yeah, uh, high, yeah, not just comics. In general, is struggling. I mean, convenience. Yeah, I still like going yeah. into the to the regular bookstore and look around, but I I tend not to buy anything, just because I can go on Amazon and get it for like <laughs> a third of the price, you know. But I like going and looking and being around the physical things. Comics is a little bit different, you know. I like that that I can go in once a week, pick up my new stuff, but I have been buying less you know physically since i moved just because i have nowhere to put all the stuff so yeah um, so, so many little reasons that pale up as to why digital is really really tempting yeah. even if you do really like the big physical pages so, and whatnot so i get why they don't want to lower the price of digital but that might just be the the thing to do because you're always going to have people that go into the shops to buy certain books mm. you know here's uh, the thing I don't know if that will solve the problem. I think, you know, okay, lowering the the, 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 the digital price, sure, Pete might pick up a few extra books. You know, the, I, you know, if he saves $5, he might, you know, because they're all a dollar cheaper, 
he he might pick up an extra couple of books but that's the same thing we're just saying with the singles it's the same people just buying more things uh i don't know if the people who are not reading digitally lowering the price would make enough for different yeah, well, I, versus the subscription i don't i don't know though because i know plenty of people that would read more books if they were priced at two dollars i mean that used to be me the number of stuff that i used to read when books were routinely at dollar 99 like way back when i yeah. first started reading but i guess we're talking about it being really making it more tempting to a new person like hey you can read books yeah. at this price yeah yeah so. i'm not talking about you know, you or us buying more books i'm no. getting completely new people going <laughs> which, into to, comics but, which to be fair we thinking... would if books were two dollars we'd all be buying more <laughs> yeah, oh yeah but if <laughs> But I'm talking to people like like my sister who went and saw Captain Marvel, got really into the Carol character. Like, she has an iPad. And if I was like, hey, you can go start reading her book, that, that new Kelly Thompson one, that's really good. And it, it's only going to cost her $2 an issue. That's not something I feel like she would do. She's not going to go to the comic book store. You know. But alternatively, and here's, here's what I think, and this is part of you know the, the, the culture in now is, she can go to Marvel Unlimited and read the whole thing in a month for, you know, eight or nine dollars, whatever that costs. Which brings me around. I, I genuinely think the future. I don't know how. I don't think this is, going, this is close because they're determined to like you know make the money the way they are right now. But I do think the inevitable future is eventually more of a like a a, a digital streaming platform where you get things day and date for a premium price. You just paste monthly, and that's how they make their money wow. because. Let's face it. Every industry is kind of switching to that model. That's that's what they want. They, you know, the music industry's done it. Movies are doing it. The idea of games owning, are doing it as we speak. Yeah, the idea of owning each thing individually is something that companies are trying to get away from. They'd rather sell you a license to access the library and just have yeah. you pay that every month. And I mean, that's what software did, right? Sorry, man. So- software software was the first to start that, like back in the '90s. The whole license thing. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't necessarily buying the product; you're buying access to the product, so you'd have to renew it. I remember, I forget what program it was, but my stepdad. I remember him bitching about that. He's like, "I just spent a hundred dollars on this thing. I'm not spending it again next year," you know. But yeah, it's that, what music's what it been like on for decade, like you know, like a decade. You know, like iTunes, for example, like, yeah. not even just streaming, like music you purchase on iTunes. If something to the license on Apple's end happens, yeah. they'll remove that song from your library and replace it with the closest thing they can find. So it might be like a live version or something like that. Right. Um, so you can just completely lose what or, you paid for. Or even what's weird is I went looking for this obscure hardcore song, right? And they only had it in the iTunes Australia, right? <laughs> so, but after I searched it, like the next week, it popped up in the the America, you know, the US uh, Apple Music. So it's almost... Yeah. You know, it's almost like if they, they, they know there's the want for that, it makes it easier to adjust versus, you know, like a record store. Like even, even as old as I am, I don't have memories of a record store. Yeah, I think one of the big problems I have with streaming in general, and I'm thinking mainly with movies here, but I'm going to tie this into what I think the benefit of the comics is, is that with movies, one of the things I hate about streaming and all these places setting up the services is that okay, so you go to the Warner Brothers streaming service, they have everything that Warner Brothers has ever done. Netflix, they've got everything that Netflix has ever made, so on and so on. It leaves a lot of indie and, like, gems and obscure stuff. It, it leaves them all kind of out to dry, where you may just never be able to find certain things again, and that's why I like being able to track things down on Blu-ray or whatever, right? The thing with comics that's really interesting is that if you're a DC Comics fan, DC Comics own every DC comic, 
and that can all be on the service. The entire history of the company can be there. No, it can. And he, but here's the thing. Let's say, let's assume people are willing to buy a handful of subscriptions just for comics. Let's say there's a Marvel one, a DC one, an Image one, Boom and Dark Horse. You know, you're your big five, sure. right? Theoretically, let's say you bought all of those. You you subscribe to all of those right at once because you want to read every. You know, you read that much. What about? You know the, the the you know someone who publishes a, an independent book that like I can go into my comic store and they'll have it and if they don't have it they can order it. Are you will? Am I willing to? If I'm digitally reading, already paying for all those subscriptions, how many people are then willing to go to somewhere else to buy something extra? Honestly, they probably are, and I think the sad truth here is that this will get really convenient and it'll be really good value for all the main things. But the, but things like that will suffer. I think yeah. you still sell them individually in Comixology, and I think I could almost even see. Let's say this happens. Let's see Marvel Unlimited becomes day and day, and you know doubles its price. DC similar price, day and date books, and there's your that's your big two competitors, right? Image is probably big enough at this point to do it as well. Maybe Dark Horse. I think what ends up happening is a lot of the smaller indie publishers may end up teaming up on some sort of collaboration service where yeah. you, you'll, you'll get Boom and you'll get IDW and you'll get... To be fair, like these... the, the, there's one on on the Nintendo Switch. I can't remember the name of the app because it, it, it's, it's not very nice to read on there because mm. they insist I do it horizontal. I can't turn it vertical. That's for some <laughs> stupid reason yeah i know I, I know it's 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 like a it's, it's designed that i can just turn it right it's it's there why are you not implementing this um but they have uh like valiant they have like all of valiant stuff on there um so like already oh. the smaller publishers are willing to farm out and, to and, if, yeah and obviously netflix kind of style and we shouldn't shouldn't ignore the fact here that comicsology Unlimited does does exist and i think maybe that's where they would like maybe all these smaller publishers would go a lot more all in in that, and maybe that service has more of a pro plan or something that gets stuff day and day that yeah. they all buy into. Again, so though, this, a lot of this comes down to you know we, we see it with you know Netflix. The difference between you know a UK Netflix and a US Netflix is astonishing yeah. uh, in in terms of licensing. Comicsology Unlimited isn't even available outside the US yet, and that's been going for. What, a year, two years now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. It's not. Um, I don't think that'll be an issue with DC or Marvel. I think, you know, what if they decide to do this? Because they own yeah. all their stuff. They can yeah. just license to themselves. It'll be quite easy. Yeah. And so, similar again, almost, with stuff like Image and stuff like that, I feel like they could do it. Almost makes me wonder if that's what the DC Universe app was originally. Like, it's a backdoor to that. Or like, hey, come watch our shows, but here's comics. That's, no, no. The comics is what I mostly pay for. I mean, uh, especially since they, you know, retooled it, however many months ago that was now. So it's actually like you know Marvel and what we're talking about here. Uh, before that, sure, I mean, it, it was fine. And the, like right now, I pay for the comics primarily. The shows are just a nice bonus. That oh, okay, they happen to be dropping those, and that's cool. I'll take my episode of Young Justice every week. Thank you very much. Um, but it's I, I use the comics quite a lot. Yeah. No, it's it's handy, and like I say, I I would it's the same way I feel with games. Like I I would happily never pay because games are expensive. Get especially in the UK, game prices have went up since the start of yes. this generation. They it, are ex- it doesn't help that the pound has significantly fallen since the start. Of this yeah, well, generation. no, I mean that's the reason they blame for it. So I'm not necessarily blaming the industry, but like. I, I have said for a long time, you know, like games used to always be forty pounds new back back in like the PS2, PS3 days. Like that was the the the, the price typically. Sometimes got a bit cheaper, but that was the the main price you expected. And I was always I always said that 
especially when I started getting games on PC where they're a bit cheaper and like I was getting brand new games for about 30-ish, I was like, hey, 30 is a really good price because 30 is like, it feels like I'm still paying a premium for day one access, but it has this kind of like, oh, it's just cheap enough that I'm willing to like take a little chance if I'm just like casually intrigued by the game. Uh, right now though, if I go into PSN and I'm looking at the big games that are coming out over the next few months, they're all 55 to 60, which is absurdly priced. Yeah, and, and we're talking about games moving to subscription. They're all doing it movie style where all the, all the separate companies want their own. So Microsoft has one, EA yeah. has one, Ubisoft has one. And interestingly, if you add them all up right now, it probably works out at about $60, which is you know, the yeah. cost of one game per month. So it seems fairly reasonable in that sense. Yeah, Sony need to do it. I want Sony to do it so bad. <laughs> oh, but so- Sony are terrible when it comes to digital stuff like this i know i know i i they need to catch up because the other ones i care about doing this i want them to do it yeah because i i would happily never pay pay a full price for a game again i happily would because it feels so expensive to do now i i rarely do right now i typically i I use a rental service uh or i use subscriptions like you know microsoft's game pass you know uh because that's on pc now as well so if you have an xbox you know there's okay there's a library there there's enough that I can get a lot of games day one at a subscription cost versus buying, you know, a you know, full sixty dollar game. Yeah, but I don't know. I, all this ties in because it's like every industry is changing right now because of digital, because of all this, and it's just interesting yeah. to me that all this might really just come down to there's a ceiling because there's a ceiling on comic book buyers, and it's hit that ceiling, and the percentage of comic book buyers who are going to buy digital have switched. And now we're just in a stalemate. <laughs> it's it's why I think the subscription is go, going so well for them because I think that's a completely different audience to anyone who would ever buy a single issue or even a trade. I mean, I think there's some overlap. I think there's plenty of people who do buy singles oh, that are oh, probably on of course there. there is. Too, yeah, but... I'm I'm on there yeah. as well. But I think there is an, an entirely new audience that would never go to a comic store, would never go on Comicsology. Well, like, again, hey, there's a it, subscription that they can just pay, you know, a month and get everything. It's it's about it's about accessibility. Like they they're interested in the shows. They think, you know what? I'll I'll pay a month to watch the show. I'll binge watch whatever season of whatever it is I want to watch, and then they go, oh hey, I've I've got access to all these comics. I may I may as well try some, and maybe they get hooked that way. Like yeah, there's it's it's much easier and tempting to try it on a service like that where you just get access to everything and you just say to someone like us, hey, what do you recommend? I've got access to all of it, and then we say, well, what character do you want to try? And they say yeah, I, I have Batman, to give a and we say credit, you know, credit to this. DC Universe's uh, UI. If you click on comic books, it goes, well, what do you want? It's like, do you want characters? And it'll give you all the major characters. It'll go, do you want just some popular story arcs? Do you want to do it search by era? Uh, you know, so Bronze Age, Silver Age, you know, and it, all these things, and you can filter it all through, and it'll just give you suggestions. Um, so for new people, I think that is actually really useful. Yeah, you type in Kate Man. And you I'm not sure it. what comes oh, yeah. up if you, if you type in Kite Man. <laughs> I will find out. You write, you write in Kite Man and you, you read all the Kite Man there is. saying hell yeah and that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's no results. It just says hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should do that. That'd be, that'd be quite funny. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so, no. I think that was a good, a good talk on uh, the current state of the, the digital marketplace. Um so hopefully you you enjoyed some of that and uh, give us your thoughts on how things are changing with digital and physical and where you see it going in the future and i i do honestly think that we're, we're going to an eventual premium service where you just get everything day and date i really think we're going to end up there um 
the, the hope is is that they get enough subscribers that that counterbalances the idea that they're not selling all these books every month and they make as much or if not more um, and maybe that's the point of like just sticking their toes in the water with the way it is now with building up these subs and then eventually switching more people over yeah. um because yeah because uh, one of the big problems in the music industry of course is that they get almost no revenue from all the streaming services yeah they, you know you get like a percentage of a cent per every time someone plays your track yeah whereas dc you know it's their service that it's all in-house it's just here's all the profit yeah here's all the profit pair creators and what have we got left yeah. And obviously, there's more things to pay in that. I'm just I'm boiling it down to the simplest <laughs> possible no, math. Obviously, but it's it's they're getting a lot uh, a significantly larger slice yes. than, than they would by outsourcing. Exactly. So, um, all right, I guess that'll wrap up that that conversation. So, uh, we can get on to the books. So we will start off then this week with deceased issue four. Tom Taylor writing, of course. Hold on. <laughs> Tom Taylor. Uh, he, he, him writing, of course, and uh, Trevor here sign on the art. And uh, yeah, um, I did not remember this one having a Final Destination variant cover. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that because I, I remember thinking it was like four Conjuring Universe movies in a row. So credit. Oh yeah, this this was the Titans of Final Destination, and Devin Sawa uh, of Final Destination tweeted how cool that was that, that he had a Robin in his place. Uh, on the cover that was pretty cool that was pretty neat mm-hmm. um so no, obviously we've been looking forward to this but with the join this book what's funny is i read um what did i read before this i read batman before this and obviously we'll get to that in a minute but um captain atom was in that so i, I actually laughed out loud like i read the second i and yeah. I, I opened up and captain atom was there. i was like how much like captain two atom captain atoms i'm getting so much yeah. captain atom this week um so yes um he he ends up getting infected because they've got the atom inside an infected person and then Waller's like okay, nuclear option time we're sending you off to just eviscerate um, you know the infected places, that's the point we're at such a Waller move, let's be honest uh, but of course when he's out there doing this, he realises that an infected version of the atom is inside his body and infects him, uh, which is super, t- I mean the atom could go anywhere and infect anyone it's, yep. he's just ripping at Captain Atom's blood cells. Atoms, yeah. <laughs> like, to, to, you, uh, look, you should not have Atom inside Captain Atom. There's just, just you know, pick someone well, else. Well, that that did, like, no kidding, that did made it a bit confusing for a read for a hot second. Because mm-hmm. it said, you know, they're referring to Captain Atom, but then he's talking to Atom. So it's like, is he talking to himself? No, there's the like, one thing where it just says Atom, and you're like, wait, is, yeah. is that Waller talking to Captain Atom, or is it yep. Captain Atom shouting at Atom yeah. inside of Yeah, no. Hey, man, I was hoping that Ray Palmer was going to make it out. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. No one's making it out, Matt. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's making Bullshit. it out. Bullshit. We're, we're having a happy ending. I trust Tom Taylor. <laughs> after he the, the spider bite. After the final page of this session, I'm not sure if I agree with that, Matt. <laughs> so, Let me have my dreams. Superman brings back Matt Kent. Um and we get this 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 Kent family hug when when John and Lois find out about Pa Kent, uh, very very upsetting. Um, what's interesting here actually is that like John knows about Man Pa Kent in this world. He's met them because <laughs> right. obviously in Rebirth the the Kents have been dead for a while. So uh, mm-hmm. neat neat little dynamic we've not really had a chance to see before. Um, 
and it makes me think of all the scenes we've been robbed of of the Kents, like being with John and being grandparents and and all sorts. Didio. Didio. <laughs> uh, Superman's been using his X-ray vision uh, so that he doesn't look at any screens. Uh, neat, neat trick. Yeah, he's yeah. picking on his feet. Um, but they broadcast over analog radio and analog TV signals to tell everyone what the plan is. Calls any heroes that hear them, any villains even, to come and meet them on the the roof of the Daily Planet. And you know we see very, you know, we see Hot Girl, we see Beast Boy and um, uh, Cass, like you hear hear this, and we you know we see Themyscira, we see that's where Mira escaped to. Um, and yeah, like, Diana's still there. Yeah, it's basically all all these people answering the call, and you know Diana's like, I'm going in, um, kind of thing. And you know Clark and uh, Diana go and get uh, Barry and Wally. Uh, and bringing them in, so which I I loved that because it wasn't regular Wally, it was Wallace. Yes, but they fully owned him as being the Kid Flash in this universe, uh, and that they basically were staying where they were because they didn't want the virus to get the Speed Force. Hit. Yeah, because that would be super dangerous. That'd be. I, I, I did like, like you know Wallace. Going, oh, I, I don't understand how Bruce is faster than us. It just shouldn't be possible. <laughs> but he's like, but he is. Yeah. yeah. Crispy up. Then we cut back to Harley, who's battling the zombified birds of prey, um, mm-hmm. and gets saved by Ivy. And uh, she's all like, "That was pretty romantic." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, God, Carl, this was your favorite scene in the book, right? I mean, it's a pretty damn good scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, would you like a fiddle? Um, and... why, why am Why am I the mark for this? Yeah. I think it's the Harley thing. Yeah, because you like Harley and Ivy, whereas Matt's more of just an Ivy person. Well, that's fair. And I do actually like them together a lot. Oh, I, some, I do some too. Of the best stuff is the two of them. Yeah. It's a fun dynamic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I tend to like Harley better when she's not around the Joker. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and then Gigant, zombified, I should say, Giganta shows up and is really, you know, almost going to bring the planet down uh, with all the, the heroes that have mm-hmm. been left on top. Um, and that's when the Batwing shows up, and it like you know, Damien's like, like what? Yeah. What's happening? Um, and and we we figure it's probably Alfred because we know Alfred survived and is bringing the suitcase to him, and that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Superman, the Flashies, and 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 Dana show up and take down Giganta. Yeah. Well, no, um, well, they bring her down. Oh, I'm Wonder but, Woman. Uh, sorry. Cyborg. Yeah. Well, Wonder Woman wants to just you know sword through the head. Yeah. Um, right. But Superman stops her. Well, I said take down. I mean, he was she, she was already gotcha. taken down before Cyborg blew the giant yeah. hole in her head. Yeah, um, which made for a cool visual, but made me feel icky. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's a proper horror movie visual, and mm-hmm. I kind of love it. I love that giant hole in her head, the Cyborg standing on the other side it's of it. such a fantastic image. Yeah, and I love that Superman is still determined to think that maybe we can save them, which is why I, one of the things I praised a lot a couple of years ago was the idea of Batman saying, no, they're not humans anymore, we have to kill them. Like, yeah, right. when he's crossed that line. Yeah. Yeah, but Superman's ever hopeful, you know, that there's still people in there. But it's always, it's it's the zombie, that's not your mother anymore trope. Yes. You know, so I like that Taylor's playing with that. Um, But yeah, but Cyborg's entrance is pretty cool. Oh yeah, it's pretty Um, great. uh, Because what led up to it too was there was this thunder, and they thought it was uh, Black Lightning's daughter, Thunder. And she's like, yeah. no, that's not me. And then the Giganta reveal. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was you cool. Know, they, they shoot out like her eyes uh, with the, yeah. the missiles, I think. Uh, 
Because she's definitely got them at first, I think. Well, I mean, she seems to have something in her eyes, at least. Whereas after after a while, they're just empty spaces. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and then uh, Hot Girl has, has been injured, and she comes, sort of comes flying into the scene, and Wonder Woman grabs her. And she she reveals that Captain Atom uh, has been turned and he's going to blow. And this is where we get our big, big ridiculous ending where he's at the White House and mm-hmm. he goes like super nuclear to the point where he's not just taking out the one area, like his, his blast is spreading across the country. It's like rape two-page spread of just a giant orb of light uh, and buildings being decimated. Yeah, and when it talks about you know, Washington was gone, then Baltimore and then finally yeah and then we see the heroes that are still on the roof of the daily planet and the white lights coming towards them and mm. it look i mean i mean i'm assuming they're not because there's two more issues but it, it looks like they're all dead yeah, yeah. someone like... someone's telling the story right like, yeah so uh, yeah I'm, um, assu- I'm assuming john and damien are the ones that make it out just because they're the I'm, kids i'm wondering if this light isn't quite what we assume it is maybe it's not the sure. just destructive explosion I mean, right. it, it seems to be destroying the buildings we, i can see that but i'm wondering if there's more to it if it, maybe it's wiping out the virus or something like that yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking because we're over the halfway point now we have the the deceasing and that's what i'm calling it mm-hmm. because yeah it's what we know, should but be one shot yeah that's next right that's the next one yeah that's next so that's is a little bit so i i feel like the next two issues are going to be them dealing with it kind of like Shaun of the dead does where you get to the end of Shaun of the dead and we see how you know the world the, has been changed the normality of it yeah and i feel that's where, where it's going and i feel like the deceasing is going to give us more of that zombie mm, type style you know walking dead ish just correct me if I'm, of... if I'm mistaken here but i'm pretty sure that issue is not actually called the deceasing right it's no, not, but yeah. it's, it's, it's called the deceased. Cover. I think it's called a good day to die. Yeah, like I was, yeah. I was just like, I'm pretty sure that's not the actual cover. Although I, I know why Matt's no. saying it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed it's not called that because yeah. they should be called that. Yeah, no, um, no. Uh, I hope we get a whole deceased cinematic universe after this. I want, I want deceased comes home. Oh. I want <laughs> deceased creation. creation. <laughs> The DC universe is kind of dead right now, so careful what you wish for. Exactly, it's perfect. What, what, yeah, what, the movies. Get like Henry Cavill doing the zombies. What, what uh-huh. version of the DC universe would you rather have them all be killed in? Come on, <laughs> it's perfect. True, although the, the the Tim Burton Batman universe, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Know, but just to see. how great would that be as a, as a a finale to this terrible universe just go screw it we're doing deceased as the you know one, one justice league movie justice league deceased <laughs> and just do this yep. oh i hope it's like jimmy who was killed like without being named in bvs who's like the 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 the, the, the zombie master who's coming back for revenge it's all it's all came uh, from him you know and that would be let snyder actually do it and that's the real snyder cut because it would go his, his whole career from Dawn of the Dead to to DC Zombies. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't hate his Dawn of the Dead, but every time I hear someone yeah. say they prefer it over the original, I die a little bit inside, so I just want you all to know yeah. that. Because the original yeah. is a goddamn masterpiece. Anyway. Um, no, DC Session 4 was yeah. solid again. <laughs> yeah? It in so quick to read, and it feels big. It feels feels this epic story. Um, so Sometimes Elseworlds' stuff can feel a little bit pointless meaningless yeah. yeah but this this it's it's well written well, it's, but it has weight 
Well, because there's there's that emotion in there, and Taylor knows how to break the tension. You know, the like the stuff with the flashes, Batman being faster than them. That's I always love a, a horror that's not afraid to do comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, some do it a little bit too much. I'm looking at you, Halloween 2018. But yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I mean, one of the things about talking about art and comic books is that you know, we get the same artist issue to issue. Eventually, there's there starts being things to note on specifically unless there's kind of like a grand like moment or something. Um, and yeah, the the art in this, some of the the John faces were a little bit wonky. Yeah, I, I think the, fa- the faces in general are very hit and miss for me with her sign. Um, yeah. I think his Green Arrow tends to look quite good. I think I think the goatee actually really helps yeah. his Green Arrow, whereas sometimes like the, the clean shaven people are are, are not. <laughs> Including including the women yeah. in that um, are a little wonky looking at times. So you know, but I mean, overall, the actual progression of the, the action and the especially when it gets into the the zombie horror stuff of it, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, well, the dead they like to have wonky faces. I don't know, just you know, when when Giganta shows up, yeah, like, oh man, and and that was absolutely the right call to do that as a double page. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you want yeah. the scale, you want the, the size of her. For sure. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, they should do a sequel to this called the the undeceased. <laughs> undeceased. No. Okay. Whatever. Fine. Matt, what are you giving it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, Connor. Eight point five. I'll go with eight point five as well. Yeah, I'm taking it. Um, there you go. That's deceased. Which will take us on to Batman number seventy six. Tom King writing. With Tony S. Daniel on the art. This is the second part of City of Bane. And lo and behold, we have a normal issue of Batman that doesn't really have that much weird stuff in it. It's just a nice, normal progression in the story. You're you're only saying that because of Kite Man. I'm not only saying that because of Kite Man. <laughs> you're only saying that because of Kite Man. I, I, I would not say this is progression. No. I, I, I okay. think you're being far too generous with the I word. I felt this was a half an issue. Straightforward, I will give you. Straightforward, not sure. doing weird, stupid shit. I will give you <laughs> progression. I will fight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't know how Connor feels. Um, <laughs> I do like the uh, the out of the gate. Um, King. I almost said Taylor, but King is um, showing us just how powerful. Gotham really is. On that mistake that you just made there, there was a, a great mm-hmm. tweet here uh, this week from uh, uh, Batman's Bookcase, who, who's on Twitter, uh, who mentioned, he just a simple tweet, he said, if Tom Taylor's not the next regular writer on Batman, then what are we even doing here? And a truer tweet has never been spoken in my life. Like, Tom Taylor yeah. should be the next Batman writer. I'm saying it. I'm putting my... Yeah. I, I would be quite happy to just cancel the remaining King issues and just give them to Taylor right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yes but um yes but no like captain Adam shows us just how powerful she is when she takes out captain adam in that way yeah um, she, she's because he's like trying to intervene in gotham she's like uh, he's like don't you know who i am and she's like no nah, not really i don't care <laughs> yeah it just throws him out of this literally throw, we find out that if any bat uh family members enter gotham city they'll kill alfred right that's the reason why they're not entering and that any superheroes are being thrown out um by gotham girl so actually and i actually i I did like this issue uh a a fair bit because i think 
the the last issue I mostly liked as well, even though there's a couple of weird elements and the way it kind of shoved us into it was a little bit strange. I think between you know by the end of the last issue, getting a real sense of what what the world that we've set up is here in Gotham, and then this issue having you know Scarecrow with Kite Man uh, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum, like having them be like few the few remaining villains who have not been mindwashed yet and like running scared, um, yeah, you know from from. Uh, flashpoint batman you know i actually really like this stuff i kind of I, I like the world building it's doing and the new status quo that it's set up is you know it's, it's starting to feel a little bit uh i don't know no man land-esque or uh i've heard people yeah. compare it to arkham city a, a, a little bit um you know um so like i, I actually kind of like that aspect of it I, I laughed out loud when kite man's flying scarecrow and uh uh one of the the, the one of the tweedles yeah and yeah. um He's like, I, I'm not calculated for this weight. We're far too heavy. And Scarecrow just blasts uh, the Tweedle with some gas, and he falls. And Kite Man's like, "Oh, good grief! <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean to do that." <laughs> uh, I, going going back to the the you know feeling like no man's land or whatever, I definitely feel like this is King's commentary on his take on Batman, right? Where we got war jokes and riddles, which was about you know chaos versus control. And now you have controlled chaos and that it's basically a Gotham where Batman won, right? Mm. But is that really a Gotham worth having? Because you have, you have, you know, Flashpoint Batman in this where he doesn't, you know, Bruce doesn't need to be there. Bane's actually like running things and the city seems to be going and that the government's kind of like, well... Gotham's problems are Gotham's problems, as long as they're not causing problems for the rest of us. Yeah, if it we'll almost look the other way. It almost sounds at one point as well that Gotham's like government are actually letting all this go because it has actually yeah. improved the city, and they're just like, no, we're just going to let this right. go on. As far as we're concerned, it's solved everything. Right, because but it's still Gotham doing what Gotham does, right? That hasn't changed. The crime and elements are still there. It's just it's almost as like Batman fighting it has made things worse. Hmm. you know and and whatnot so i like that commentary on batman and how uh flashpoint batman seemed to think like in this world where where batman's not needed everything's better but it's really not nothing's really changed so it's almost like this thing like what has bruce actually done and i feel like we'll see and that's what king's setting up here is when bruce does does finally snap out of whatever coma he's in you know, yeah, we're building up to a big return where he like comes back to save the city yeah. and write things, you know, back to the way they are. Right. Uh, can um, I say how much I love kite, the kite quarters? Can we just can we talk? Yeah, talk about that um, a little bit. My my biggest negative on this issue was I don't think King really knows how to write Damien. The okay. whole stuff with him and Tim, mm-hmm. the Tim stuff didn't bother me as much, but just like. I don't know. After getting Damien from Taylor and deceased and having Tomasi write him, I think Tomasi gets Damien's voice the most. He's the person who's got Damien the best. Absolutely. Yeah. So after after coming off of that for a, a while and then going to this where he just feels like a spoiled prat. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just like, you know, I, I feel like he would, this would be a moment for him and Tim to actually bond and be like, I don't know what to do. Instead of going, well, oh, no, I know exactly what to do. And I'm going to run in there and save the day, you know, where, I don't know, I just feel like Damien's grown in the years since, Yeah, you know? I mean, I think 
um, what I like about this issue is that while we got the the actual details of what's happening in the city last issue, I think mm-hmm. this is the one that gave me a sense of how it feels and what yeah. the, the the feeling is and the predicament that Batman needs to come and save it from. You know that final page of Gotham Girl with you know Flashpoint Batman saying we have won, like it's over, um, yeah. and seeing the villains running scared and you know, obviously they come and get Kite Man and whatever. Um, and I also like the scene with Selina uh, putting up the painting she's stolen that she's she's like only yeah. stolen to raise money to like make sure Bruce can heal. Like I I kind of like the, the little speech she gives about how we have to give it away tomorrow, but it's nice for just one night. And I can't, it's all, it almost sounds representative of their relationship where he's always going to yeah. go back to work. Like they're all it's always going to go back to being the mm-hmm. bat and the cat. But uh, they have these well, little and... windows of you know their yeah and, and I love Matt. Matt, so stall uh, for a second until Matt's. I will fixed. say I'm not a fan of uh, Daniel's Selena uh, without the no. goggles. His that's fair. I I felt the art in this issue was not Daniel's I best. I think like, his his Catwoman is fine. His yeah. Selena is not. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like his Scarecrow actually a lot. Uh, if we're on the yeah, the Scarecrow did look good. Um, mm. uh, I want to say about that painting about how just mundane the actual painting is, the Renoir, mm. like. Uh, compared to, you know, we get this little lesson about where art was at that time and that it's just basically someone going about their business. Uh, and I just feel like that's also Bruce's life. That, you know, he is Batman, Batman is Bruce, and they're inexorably tied to one another. Yeah. No matter how, how much neither one, you know, neither Batman nor Bruce wants to, you know, yeah. bully yeah, I've, I've, I've figured out on Selena what it is about Selena that looks so weird. Um, so, cause it's not, it's not goggles anymore, is it? It's just the, yeah. the eye. Yeah. So it, but she's still got the rest of it up. She's just folded up the bit under her eyes and that's what makes it look really weird. Cause you know, the, the rest of it's still up there. The ears are still there, but you haven't got the goggles sitting there. And alternatively, you haven't got anything around her eyes. So it looks, uh, off because of that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I like kind of the desperation of Selena here at the end where she says, you know, she promises she won't steal anything again if he wakes up. And I don't believe her, but it's it's kind of this moment for her like, to show how concerned she is. And she's like making these false promises because now you have to wake up again. And I like the idea of like, I, you know, I left for a while and this is what's happened to him. Like, you know, the, like I left, I was out of his life and everything came crumbling down. And funnily enough, the book itself has kind of struggled a little bit since Selena kind of mm. left. Um, interestingly. So, um, I was actually pretty into this issue, and I was mostly positive on the last one. I think I'm into City of Bane. Um, it's not necessarily hit, like, absurd highs for me yet, but I'm getting a feel for the, the city and what's going on and how everyone's, like, dealing with it. Um, obviously, it's a long arc, so we'll see if it sustains the, I think it's, like, almost 10 issues that it, that it is. Because um, it's, like, 75 to 85 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um... I'm mostly actually positive on this issue. I- I'm happy to say that about Batman again because there was a little time there where I was kind of not looking forward to reading it every week or every two weeks. Um, and it's it's coming kind of back around to what I like about it because I like King's Batman for a long time. It just there had there was this weird stumbling block for a few arcs, like you know, there. We've talked about that before. We'll have to get into it again, but um, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about this show overall, Matt? No, I like it. I just um, at this point with King's Batman, I'm just like it, it's there. It's a book I read. I don't look forward to it, you know. Too far or gone. Anything. Yeah, like I'm. Yeah. I'm waiting till the end. 
So my ear itches. <laughs> uh, I presume Connor is the most negative out of the three of us. Yeah, I, I, you know what Matt was saying there. I'm kind of just, I'm kind of out now. I'm just well. There's only ten issues left, right? So well, less than now I think. But you know, it's just like all right. Well, might as well. I'm I'm not a fan of the extended monologue. Still, like you got the you know the two page Captain Atom to to, to Tim monologue and you know the the Selena monologue to Bruce. It's again, it's multiple pages of just one character monologue. And I'm not a fan of this. Um, that's I mean I guess that's, that's a taste like because I actually quite like the Selena monologue, but um, it's not the content itself. It's just the way it's paced. Where I just okay, here's a big huge page of text with all this stuff on it. Uh, and I feel it when I'm reading it. That's fair. Oh, I'll definitely say that in our book later. Don't you worry. I've got thoughts. Um, so, yeah, that's Batman. Uh, you know, I'm kind of excited about it so far. I, I like there's potential here for the the run to go out in a high. Um, obviously, it's not the end of the run technically because we've still got Batman and Catwoman uh, coming afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I'm, I'm kind of hoping is just twelve issues of a. Uh, them arguing about the the street or the boat. It was a street or a boat. It was a boat. It was a street. <laughs> I hope that he gets to that point and they flip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I do. I want them to. I want them to switch which one's arguing for what, and then yeah. for none of us to realize because yeah. I don't remember which one was arguing for what. I just remember they were arguing about. It. <laughs> oh. Well, Batman was the street because that's year one. And I remember that one. So Catwoman's is the boat. Do you know what the problem is, Matt? Is I'm not uh, convinced I, you're right. No, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was the other way around. Bitch. <laughs> hey, Firefly. What's your thoughts? You're a cat. You must have an opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find out now, because that's going to annoy the hell out of me. Just go back to that first Rooftops issue if you... Uh, that's what I'm looking at. No, that'll have it right at the start. Way back uh, in the teens. Or who... early 20s. Catwoman's is the, the, the black with the with the red outline, isn't it? Just looking at the page, uh, in terms of the narration box, sure. great, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, it was on a boat, and uh, okay. Lena, it was on the street. Victory! Ooh, All right. Yeah. Matt, we we coming Batman 76? I'm going to go 7.5. Seems very fair. Connor? No, the 5. I didn't hate it as much as the last couple. My God, he's We'll give it a four. I hate it as much as the last couple. Um, I am going to give it a nice even eight, I think. Um, uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Look at me having two positive scores so far. Uh, which will take us on to Justice League number 29. Scott Snyder and James Tyne in the fourth rating with Bruno Redondo on the art. Um, I, am very, I have mixed emotions on this issue. Because... A lot of this issue is Jaro single-handedly fighting the Legion of Doom uh, as Robin with his own little batarang and he's, he's grappling around and it's delightful. And then there's pages with all this backstory narration, much of which we already know, that just fills the page with boxes that I thought was a chore to read through. Um, so I think the issue has problems from a construction point of view. Um, but there's a lot of delightful beats in here that I do really like. I think uh, Jaro's fighting, and, and you know, he goes, and she's like, oh, Batman nerve pinch. Mm-hmm. And then he hides behind the thing, he's like, Batman stealth. <laughs> I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And notice how those pages are nice and like free and clean, not a lot of text. Oh, I'm not disputing yeah. this. 
Um, I I do feel like this was the issue, the jump on issue, because it kind of recapped everything that led to this point. And Joe you know so. is I actually like the opening narration that would just explain the backstory of where Starro comes from. Um, I actually quite like that as a little history that's, lesson. And that's all new because I'm looking it up right now. And this whole, um, I guess, we're, I thought it was the Zero World, but then later they called it the O World. Yeah, so, I, I went with O World just because Starro. Yeah, I was calling it Zero until they sort of put it at the end of his name to like name him Starro, and I'm like, okay, I guess it's the yeah, O World. But then, then, but then why? At least in, in mine, in my physical copy, it looked like a zero with a line through oh, it. Oh, is that? Is that in the digital as well? Yeah, yeah, no, but okay. I think I think the the slash through is actually a way of representing the the letter versus the number. No, uh, that's the number. No, so it's that's reverse. It's the number. number. Yeah. Is that the, yeah. Am I the wrong way around? Yeah. 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 So, that that's why I looked at that and I saw. I was like, okay, but I like that whole idea of he comes from the super harsh world on the edge of the universe where things shouldn't exist the way they do. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes kind of Starro one of a kind. Yeah, and, and the, the Starro world was, or the old world, whatever you call it, um, mm-hmm. was the, like all these planets are supposed to die young. They're not supposed to survive, yeah. but his one is the one where the life forms actually advanced yeah. enough to become, you know, Starro. Um, yeah. So that's really nice. Also, I just got an alert on my iPad as I'm looking at the comic. Tim just saying that he got a $10 discount for his oil change at the mechanics and that the perks of being the creator of Goatman just keep coming, baby. Uh, I'm just going to let everyone know. That's pretty funny. Uh, um, Joey, Joey tweeted yesterday, Matt. Just, just, I want to mention one more tweet he made yesterday on from the Screams After Midnight account, right? He tweeted out, Today is not a regular recording day. That's all he said. Which, what, and if I told you that, which I just did, what does that... He's not wrong. Yeah, but what does that it's imply to you? Would that imply to you that we're, rec- we're going to record unusually on this Friday? See, this, I'm too close to Tim because I know I know how he is and he meant that as mm. a, it's a fact. Yes. Today is not a... Yeah. Uh, what, what, while day. we're on random tangents that, that things have popped up, Sure. I actually have something related to DC. A little news thing that just popped up. Oh my! Breaking Which news! Is, Breaking well, news! Everyone, it's, it's not huge news, but it's good news. Uh, Capullo just tweeted. I say tweeted just. It was like you know half an hour ago. Um, he's just signed a new exclusive contract with DC, and he's got plans for a new book with Snyder to produce their uh, uh, to produce a new book with them. <laughs> okay. More Batman. Well, I don't think it will be Batman this time, actually, because uh, I mean. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but he was tweeting last week about the uh, the final issue of Last Night on Earth, where someone asked him, you know, how long is it going to be? And he was like, eh, don't know yet. Um, as long as DC have given him free reign to just make it as long as it needs to be, which, I mean, is, is good of them. But it could be meaty. Uh, just, just fair warning when we get to that week. Well, I'm not reading this, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but the first two are really damn good. Um, but um, back to Starro. Yeah, it's back to, um, back to Starro. I, I did like how it played with the the whole rebels, uh, Starro the Conqueror or the Star Conqueror, um, and all of that. Uh, but no, that was it was really cool to see the history of Starro played out in that way, uh, and then how that pays off at the end with Jaro. Um, and but yeah, we we see him fight the the Legion of Doom. And the, you know, Luther brings up, you know, the stream that, that you know, that Sorrow had. 
And then that that's where the uh, I don't want to say it lost me, but that's where I was like, oh well, maybe this is how this whole Justice Doom War kicks off is with, with the death of Jaro because it's you know it's not comics unless you kill a Robin. Of course, right? yeah. Like, um, so that's where I thought it was going, but then we we get to this turn. Just um, yeah, yeah, yeah that I didn't quite enjoy. Yeah, look, look at this streak of boxes here. Look it is. This. It is. All but alternatively, packed. you have Jaro shouting out, For justice, you turds. For justice, yeah. you turds is a great layer of dialogue. It may even be the title of this episode, I'm not going to lie. but It's pretty fantastic. Like, And obviously, the big twist here, because, I mean, I, you know, he has the back cannon, which is mm-hmm. charged when ready, you know, um, and that, that's kind of fun. And then we get this two page layout where he's going through, like, basically, this is the recap of, like, this all this just doom stuff with, you know, Perpetua. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I don't actually mind getting some of this recap because, you know, it's been, it's been going yeah. on for a while. You know, I've not necessarily remembered every single negative force. Yeah, it's, and it's been things. going over a year at this point um, for the run. Bed too densely packed there on the boxes, though. This was the page where I was like, oh my god, that's a lot of boxes with a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I agree. That was a lot. Dense text. Um, but I liked all the fighting a lot, and I loved, you know, when they think they've gotten beat, and then we just hear, he's not alone, Luther, and we just get the silhouette of the Justice League, and he's like, he's with us, and yeah. we get Batman hugging him, and all this stuff, and of course, the twist here, the reveal is, is that this is all just not really happening, it's all in, because uh, we see Batman pull off, like, a black, you know, Starro, and it's, Starro's become, not full size, but he's much bigger now, and he's got all the Justice League uh, mm-hmm. with, with stars in their faces and he's basically trying to convince them um, oh, this is the plan that they have to do this way yeah because um, he's had a vision of them losing Yes, yeah. and he's actually in, a, in his weird twisted way thinks he's doing the right thing here right because but again and that's what Batman tries to explain to him is that you know you have to make let people make their own decisions you can't just yeah. control them even if you're trying to protect uh, them but and, but i actually, do believe he's, he's coming from a good place this yes time. yeah but do, 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 let me correct myself because the hug actually comes after they're all mm-hmm. back in the wake because batman convinces them to shrink back down and convinces them this is not the right thing to do and he hugs them and it's actually kind of adorable <laughs> yeah and then you got the rest of the going what the hell's going on yeah they're all just confused yeah. they don't understand what's happening <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is actually kind of delightful obviously we love the little robin outfit and all the other little things that go along with that um yeah. so i actually liked most of this issue there was just like two or three pages that really dra- you know dragged it down for me where i was like oh this is a shortest read through i think it's only the twice there's the the page where it starts with the the dark multiverse stuff mm-hmm. and then you have the double page of the you know the the general recap I think those are the only two points where I felt it. And I know I admit, you know, those are bad pages. Um, um, but of course, and the, the big reveal at the end, though, is that the Legion of Doom have their own piece of Starro, which they're going to grow. And yeah. we're, we're going to get a big evil Starro to take on yeah. Jaro. <laughs> and but, they're still yeah. connected. So when Jaro just, you know, took over all of the League and was inside all their heads... It's fed the data back to this bit of Starro. Yeah, so uh, so they've got all of their battle plans. Yeah, which so, really which I like about this too, because if you know Star, you know if you know anything about marine biology, you'll know that if you cut off one of the arms of a of a starfish, and as long as it has that center piece of it, it'll, it'll regrow a whole new starfish. You know, so the fact here that like they're playing into that, I thought was yeah. was pretty cool. Mm. No. no. Uh, so yeah, I mostly like this issue. I just, I just have mm-hmm. some 
complaints. <laughs> yeah, the whole it was all a dream thing. I, I'm just... See, I didn't mind it all being a dream because it was so ridiculous with what he was doing. No, that that's fine, but just, uh, you know... I don't know. It's just a trope I'm, I'm tired of. Not that it was... I, I was actually kind of relieved because it was kind of ridiculous just how he was he was legitimately fighting seemingly at the entire legion of doom and like holding his own i'm like yeah this doesn't feel right <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't mind that I, i've read weirder things in, in snyder's justice league for well, sure no since. i can't argue with that <laughs> so uh, him him you know having a go at luther's fashion sense it's like oh yeah. you deserve to die just for bringing back that you know the turtleneck and sleeveless thing that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> For justice, you tards. Matt, what are you giving Justice League? I'm going to give it an 8. Connor? Um, I'm giving it an 8.5 with the acknowledgement that this would have been like a 9 easily without those two pages dragging it down. Um, I'm going to go with a straight eight, and I will echo the idea of this maybe being higher if it, was, if it wasn't for those few pages that really dampened the pacing and like you know it really dragged to a halt on those oh, it definitely did and it's such a shame because everything else is on top form in this issue i think yeah yeah um this is the sort of silliness that i love this run playing into is the gyro stuff like that is it's so endearing and the fact that batman's actually bonding with them and actually talking them down is just perfect so yeah and actually teaching gyro to be better it wasn't just a, okay well he's a villain again now yeah so that'll take us on then to Lois Lane, issue two, Greg Rucker writing with Mike Perkins on the art. Uh, and we have conspiracies, we have the question, uh, and we still have lots of tabloid gossip about Lois Lane cheating on Clark. Because yeah, it's more of the same. Yeah. In, in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, I can't really fault that in description of it. Con concerned Perry, but also disappointed parent. Yeah, and more, and more spelling corrections. and. But... You know what is like she misspells the, but she never misspells the name of the people that she's writing about, which completely befuddles. Yes, uh, yeah. Perry, which I I love. That's why I think I love Rucka so much. Is yeah, he's a really good storyteller when it comes to intrigue and and espionage and all this, but the it's the little like character human moments, like that with you know even even with the question, and Lois talking with one another. Uh, that's where this really ups the level. Yeah, um, I uh, I, just to be fair to Lois, I I will often typo the word the as t he t t e h. That's not a uncommon occurrence for myself. <laughs> right, I think there's a, a typo and a misspelling, and I feel like oh, there's differences. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. the rest of them are definitely misspellings. Yeah. Where you know, yeah. detention should have a u in it, according to Lois. Yeah. Detention. No. <laughs> no yeah. version of detention ever has a U, Lois. Hey, sure. I'm pretty sure detention had you in it a lot, Matt. Yeah. So I'm here all week, folks. Uh, <laughs> I went right over his head. Well. <laughs> it didn't because I've never been to detention because I was a good boy. Was I ever in you detention? Never... I don't think I don't yeah. think I was ever in detention either. No, I was in detention all the time. That's because you were yeah. a ginger little shit. <laughs> it's true. I, I I could not even begin to count the amount of times I, I was in detention. I only ever get one punishment exercise as a kid, and it was unjustly, mate. I add, I I actually would dispute that I deserved oh, it. Yeah, of course you would. Well, no. So here, here's so I'll, I'm going to explain how, how I ended up with this. Right, fending so, his honor. So 
So punishment exercise or lines or whatever you call them, whatever you are, right? The idea you have to repeat, you know, write out a thing and repeat it, right? That, that's what I'm referring to here, which, you know. Uh, so English class, right? I was off sick for two whole weeks from school. I was back and my second day back, there was apparently a homework like essay to be handed in. And I had been gone for two weeks. Now, apparently, technically, the first time it was mentioned was before I left, like right before I left. But I had yeah, been gone. But I had been gone for two whole weeks. I had no idea it was during this day. I had no idea what that exercise was. I had no idea about anything. But and the reason, the reason why I got one is because enough people didn't hand it in that the teacher got so pissed off that everyone who didn't hand it in got an exercise, and I, I felt unjustly prosecuted. I, I was not there for any of the, the talk about what we're supposed to do in said exercise. Unjust. Here's the thing. Unjust. W- were you told before you went off that it was due? Yes or no? She claims. But I, I... So, yes. Did you hand it in? Yes or no? But I wasn't there to actually... like. There, there was presumably time spent in that two weeks talking about what the exercise was and what we were supposed to do with it. This was unjust. Why were you gone for two weeks? I was sick. How sick were you for two weeks? I don't remember. It was like 16 years ago. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I'm telling you, what was the most unfair detention I got? They were all fair. They were all ironclad. We talked about <laughs> I punched someone back who punched me and I got detention. That's, <laughs> that felt unfair. Uh, guy came up to me and punched me, so I punched him back and may have knocked out his tooth. Um, but I got detention. That does feel unfair. He knocked out his tooth. Yeah, it feels... Why did he punch me? No, it's like in hockey, if if you hit the guy and he goes down and doesn't get back up, you get a suspension. If you both get up and go to the back, you're just out for that game. So, no, it's, it's bullshit. If, yeah. if someone hits me, I'm not going to sit there and do nothing. Right, but I'm saying... The reason you got extra was because you knocked out a tooth. That's all I'm saying. Shit, he didn't get any sort of punishment. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's unfair. So. It's unfair Anyways, to another guy. If anything, he should have been given an A grade um, for punching you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Lois is taking the fight to to the government here yes. with, with freedom of the press. And... Uh, there, it opens up with this, you know, tabloidy, her relationship with, with Superman and how does Clark Kent feel? They've been married for 12 years and, you know, Clark and her are walking. And we kind of saw this scene in another issue. I want to say it was in one of the Bendis books, either in Leviathan or... or um, I think it was issue one of this. <laughs> was, was it? It was, it was either yeah. issue one of this or it was the special. Okay, maybe. Yeah. But... But him basically saying, like, how, how do you deal with this? Like, I, 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 I'm going to handle it. She's like, well, no, because then you just play into their hands. I'm, I'm a big girl and I'm tough. Like, let, let me handle it the way that I know how. And that's not addressing it. You know, eventually it'll blow over. Um, but, you know, Superman's not like that. He's, he's a guy that can hear everything all the time. So, and I've never related to Superman more. Because people tell me to just let stuff go all the time. Yeah, y'all bet. better believe I don't. So, I don't know uh, if your temper is comparable with Superman's 
uh, quest for justice for all. <laughs> I, when I get really upset, I do have this hypervigilance thing where, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, and there, there's you know the the question really fun scene. Oh yeah, where she scene. sneaks in, sneaks into the basement. She looks like she's a wino or a drunk. Uh, has a well, I'm going to assume because they're in Russia, a vodka bottle. Uh, and it's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, right. Attacks is ever looking over this uh, reporter that that you know committed suicide by jumping out a window. Um, <clears throat> get, gets to her apartment in the basement, and it just looks like there's a murder scene. Yeah, like yeah, definitely they, wasn't they, suicide. They didn't even try and cover it. To, to, to quote, no. to quote uh, the the hit film Mystery Man, fell out of a window onto some bullets. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, and, and I love that Connor was worried where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting. For I, I got to to quote the hit, and I was like, "Bloody yeah. death." Um, no, we see uh, her and the question meet up, and they're in a burger place, and um, you know, and I, what I like about that scene is this idea that looks like no, no, the best way to hide is to not try and overhide, like just just be out in plain sight and act like everything's normal. If you act suspicious, people will notice you. Um, but she confronts this uh, this agar. Uh, about um, uh, which as a Thor fan, I'm I'm going wait. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Is this a... In my head, I was thinking uh, Dario Agar as soon as she said yeah. that name. Is, yeah. is he gonna turn into a Minotaur? <laughs> that that would be on brand for Rucker. Yeah, right. Uh, Minotaurs, right? Ferdinand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like no, that he turns into Swiss cheese by the end, but more on that later. Um, he, he actually like that's actually quite a dark scene because he does threaten to punch her in the face and she's like go yeah. for it with all these witnesses go for it yeah, yeah. you'll make my job easier well, if you do that and, and it's also because it's she she's uncovering that uh and again this where it hits a little bit real life right from the headlines that she wants to ask him about his company's investments and we come to find out that in in the story that she she puts out that company is funding detainment camps at the border, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're getting super rich off of them um, because they gave money to uh, Department of Homeland Security. So yeah, again, the truck up playing with with real stuff. Yeah, the, the phrase "fake uh, news" is even used at one point, and the guy says yeah. that to her. Yeah, and so it, it plays up where that there's there's a class of people right now that really hate the media, and not for like the media you know, doing what they do and, and trying to maintain this, this false sense of balance, you know, cause to them it's worse to be seen as, as not balanced than to actually report the news. Lois is actually reporting the news and that's why he doesn't like her, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, he agrees to meet her later. Um, yep. uh, just not, obviously not there right in public, which seems a bit sketchy, but obviously we'll get to that. Then there's a scene with uh, Perry on the phone where we talk, mostly talked about this stuff earlier uh, with all the, the misspellings. Yeah. And... and she's doing her, her writer stretches, which I remember from writing long reports in college. <laughs> you know, banging out a whole 20-page screenplay in a night. Oh, um, yeah. Many a time, yeah, Matt. Gotta, Many a time I've done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta get your stretches in. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's that what... must be from Rucka's Real Life. Oh yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I've heard is that um, one of the, one of the biggest threats to like health in general right yeah. now is that so many of us work sitting down, and yep. that they really recommend that everyone gets up and just walks around for a little bit once per hour because yep. it's killing our bodies. <laughs> yeah, sedentary lifestyle. Um, but yeah, yeah so you, I thought that was fun uh, there, and uh, the stuff with with Perry we talked about earlier. 
and uh, but she goes to meet. Uh, she has questions as backup, which I love. Like, I mm-hmm. hope this becomes a thing where, um, when uh, when Bendis was writing Daredevil, you got to know a lot of the supporting cast. Oh yeah, like you had yeah Iron Fist show up, Spider Man, uh, Luke Cage, and, and Jessica Jones. I hope now going forward throughout Superman that we we get you know Renee and, and Lois talking like and, yeah. and teaming up. I just want just just before we move on to this scene proper, I like the the final panel of the Perry scene where just again to add to the mood of the the sort of the noir kind of detective style of it. You know, we go to this shot outside her window when it's raining. It's just this kind of look back in at her as she mm-hmm. you know finishes the the conversation. Is this is this really kind of like ominous? like oh you know shady stuff's going down soon and she's hoping for the best but it is dangerous um i yeah. don't know it just added a lot to the, the mood to the book for me just little things yeah. like that uh, yeah i actually think the art got better was it went on because we yeah. started in broad daylight right you know in the morning and you know i think once we got to you know evening and night and the darker scenes Dark. i think the the art just naturally suits that better perkins is very you know yeah. really heavy shadows I think it plays into the the dark time of night much better. Mm-hmm. Also, I got really confused for a second because the dress that Lois is wearing for this meeting it makes her look like she's got tattoo sleeves, and I yeah, was I was like, what happened? Lois <laughs> got really like turned into a baker all of a sudden. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they go to this restaurant where she's going to meet uh the, the senator dude, um or the business dude, whatever whatever he is, and yeah. <laughs> one and the same anymore. Yeah and Rene spots a guy with a gun and dives in and kind of saves the day and it leaves it on this place where someone really didn't want him to talk to her uh, but she's not sure which one of them was the target where they try to take her out because she's investigating this or did they take him out because he was going to talk Um, or you know and obviously he does get taken out but it's this question of was he the target or was it her and they just got him instead right yeah you know, mission accomplished either way, because Lois doesn't know. Well, there's no yeah. information to get now either way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But no, I'm I'm loving the shady espionage kind of aspect to this book. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been great. Well, I, say, I think it's very maybe the most consistent issue one to Art. two I've ever read. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is no, yeah, you know, there's no big fancy, you know, big set piece or anything like that. You sure you got to shoot out at the end, but it doesn't feel it's not a big action piece. Um. It just feels like exactly the same as what issue one did. Yeah, it's not that. Because it's, because we liked issue one so much, that's a good thing. That this is more all the president's men than it is, you know mm-hmm. anything else that a comic book usually is, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's not a yeah. superhero story. Yeah. Uh which is what a Lois Lane book to an extent should be. And you know, having her team up with Renee uh is actually I think a really good idea. So Well, yeah, I like that Renee's her fixer. Yeah. When she needs to go get stuff, you know, information. That Lois can't go get, you know. Send her. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, still digging Lois Lane. Um, quite a bit. What are you giving it, Matt? I'm giving it a nine. Ooh, Connor? Well, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Be non committal. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, that was Lois. Uh, which will take us on to Sinestro, Year of the Villain, Issue 1, uh, written by Mark Russell, art by uh, Yildari Sinar. Uh, so, Matt read this. I was planning on reading it, and then when I looked at the first couple of pages, I really wasn't feeling it. And obviously, Mark Russell is someone that I've come to respect as a writer, and that was the main reason why I was going to read it. Uh, I think just the idea of all these Year of the Villain tie-ins right now is just making me feel a little bit deflated, and I just, mm-hmm. I'm just not into them. 
uh, trying them right now. Maybe I'll change my mind as time goes on. But Matt read it, so Matt can tell us uh, if this was worth if, the... If we should have read it. Yeah, because yeah, obviously yeah, this was so a I... larger book. This was a $5 uh, yeah. bigger book. Mm-hmm. So I, I got this because of Mark Russell, because so far I've, I've really enjoyed what he's written. Um, and there's a Mark Russell book to the T. Like, because it, it's, yeah, it gets like... You know, Sinestro going into space and trying to stop these big giant aliens from destroying stuff, you know, that Lex needs to basically being a mirror on on society. Like, I almost feel like Mark Russell could could write a series of Black Mirror comics and they would they would fit right in. Um, and so this one's about uh, so Sinestro, he has the ultraviolet, you know, uh, harness power and Lex sends them out into space because there's these group of aliens called the Paragons and they're kind of like um, they're kind of like Celestials but they're not as big or, or even those those ones from No Justice but they're basically you, you can't kill them because they regenerate too quick so Lex is like hey Sinestro I want you to take care of this with your ring like this is the type of stuff you used to deal with with the Green Lantern core uh, and, and don't fail me like I'm getting a very big empire or like emperor vibe from from lex Mm. in this issue um because he has he has you know he's trying to spread the word of doom and you have these paragons going around and and destroying these worlds uh and the first world is is where there's this um god emperor that's completely taken over it's called uh, planet alpha seti 5 um and the paragons are just taking it there to to them and they end up completely destroying the planet so you get a flashback to lex that's where lex tells him you, you need to get out ahead of this so sinestro ends up finding out that the reason they can't be killed is that there's these tiny little like almost a, a universe in of itself of beings called microns and they only exist for like nanoseconds but in that nanosecond they give everything and their life to these paragons who they worship as gods so Sinestro decides, like, well, in order to defeat the Paragons, we have to, you know, go talk with the Microns. So he basically uses the ultraviolet ring to split kind of his essence uh, to go to each of the, the Paragons to, to talk with the Microns there. And, and uh, while he's there, he ends up basically, in, in the first one, finds out that they worship him like gods and him trying to him trying to make them not believe in them only makes them double down. So he has to uh, rethink about this because that plan didn't work. He thought he'd weaken the Paragons, but the Microns just reinvigorated them even worse. So they destroy this next planet. You know, Lex gets upset at him and is like, you're supposed to be doing this. You know, don't fail me again. And so Sinestro looks at the, the tiny versions of himself and go, you, you need to rethink about this. So they do. So basically he goes in and poses as a doctor, which I think he was on Korgar before. So there's not much of a reach. And he, he ends up basically making them question the microns by expanding their life. So instead of lasting only a couple of nanoseconds, he expands them. So now they have time to do other things that's just not in service of the Paragons. And in doing that, he gives them the sense of freedom. So they stop repairing the Paragons. And once 
they do that, they're easily defeated. But in in expanding their life, he completely uprooted the culture of the Paragons to where it ends up looking a lot like ours. To where now that they had more time, um, you know, it allowed them to to develop music, and it almost it looks like the '60s a lot. Um, and then they start, you know, fighting amongst each other about if the Paragons exist and if they should be serving them. Uh, and there's this whole like talk show of two of them about, you know, where culture has gone. And in doing so, it he killed God and killed the Paragons and made them vulnerable. So once they were vulnerable, uh, he had talked one of them into to maintaining the Paragons. And, and that, that was the one society that kept them. So now Lex has a Paragon to use. And um, in doing that, basically, Sinestro had become this god figure amongst them because he opened their eyes of, of what it meant to be a Micron. And now this older generation of Microns in this, you know, who had freedom, um, this older generation now looks at the, the newer generation, that they're lazy and they don't want to do anything and that they, they need to believe in the Paragons more like they did even though that they got to, you know, have their freedom. So it was like this real good take on boomers versus millennials and how they're kind of the same, but the boomers look down on the millennials for doing what they did. Um, and now Lex has a paragon to, to do with what he wishes. But it was a really fun issue. And it was a nice little, like, I feel like this could have been an annual instead of like, uh, you know, I don't know where it would have fit in. Mm. But, I, I, you know, it's Mark Russell doing what Mark, Mark Russell does. And I just the whole bit about the microns it reminded me of uh, there's a an episode of Futurama where Bender ends up with with this society that lives on him in space and they're all microscopic and they end up going to war with each other at one point over which is you know the true Bender um, but I think there's a Twilight Zone in that too so uh, of that theme but uh, I really enjoyed it I mean the art by Sinner is it's fine. It does a lot of cool space things, but it's nothing amazing. It gets the job done. But yeah, I do recommend it if if you like, you know, especially I know Pete likes sci-fi a whole lot. Uh, Connor Connor's up there, but I don't know as much. But yeah, it was definitely worth the five bucks, I think. Uh, hmm. So, but yeah, it's, I, I'd like to see Mark Russell do more of these two. Like, I don't necessarily want him on a full series right like i wouldn't want him jumping into batman and telling these kind of morality plays but if he were to do a story in an annual or yeah. a one shot i think yeah I think from be what i gather this is kind of what his flintstones was like yeah um but again yeah it's flintstones sure why not uh yeah I wouldn't want it in the main Batman book. I agree. Yeah, I think um, what you do with them maybe is you let him basically get what what King does and give him the twelve issue, you know, books and say, hey, right, pick yeah. a character and do a twelve. It's essentially what he's doing Wonder Twins, I suppose. When you yeah. think about it, but yeah, or like what they, you know, like uh, with Tom Taylor, where they give him like Injustice, the digital first sort of thing. Mm. Just hey, just kind of you know, free reign yeah. to do what you want in those. However, we are more than ready for Taylor to take on some main ongoing books. I'm just putting yeah. that out there. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was real like cautiously optimistic just because I, I really like Sinestro and I like Mark Russell. I had no idea that's where the story was going. And once I got halfway through and I could kind of see what he was doing and basically making them doubt the existence of God and what that means to society and 
and now how he becomes with his science because he expanded their life. He becomes what's important. So now the microns are are obedient to him, which means now the paragon is obedient to him. And it's just again, he he writes Black Mirror the comic books. I feel at times. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna rate it. I'm gonna give it an eight. It was really solid. Firefly scratch me. I'm just I'm just disciplining him. Good. <laughs> I'm not even sure if Carl's saying good that I get scratched or good that Firefly's been disciplined because I feel like both would apply to him. He's uh, gonna say apply. yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so last bit we're gonna talk about that I'm going to talk about because uh, Carl didn't read it this time uh, was Superman Up in the Sky issue two, which is the the Tom King and the Kubert uh, the Walmart special. This is parts three and four of that uh, in this book. Um. And in this case, the, the two parts are a lot more separate. Um, it, it really feels like after you, because I think parts one and two, two was just a natural continuation of part one, uh, where he hadn't left Earth yet. Uh, whereas these parts are just two different kind of chapters of his adventure in space, trying to get to the, the missing girl that he's, that he's looking for. Uh, so the first issue is actually a boxing issue, uh, as weird as that sounds. But if you like the idea of Superman in his boxing trunks, which of course are red and blue with the the S shield on the waist, I feel like there's a a cover of of Superman with uh, with Ali <clears throat> in those. Yeah, that sounds about right. And he's fighting Mato, uh, who's the mightiest mercenary, uh, the scourge of the galaxies, and it's this boxing match. And the idea is that Mato has some information about, uh, you know, who's behind where the girl who brought the girl you know through this part of space or whatever and the entire issue is this boxing match and it's like it's split into rounds and it's you know the conversation between them is they're punching each other and it it really feels like the final fight in like a rocky movie where the you know the, the, the referee's like okay you're allowed your super strength and you're allowed your invulnerability but no other powers right because obviously this might make you as you know mm-hmm. also super strong and what he's a big green alien dude mm-hmm. um and you know, Superman gets beat up. He looks very angry at parts. And it's all about his determination to not give up because he has to save this girl. Um, and there's great moments where the, the alien's like saying, stay down. Just stay down. Because you're going to lose it anyway. You might as well stay down and save some time. And no matter what, Superman always gets back up. And it's a really simple story, but it's one of these things where by the time it got to the end and Superman's just refusing to give up, it's, it's hard not to get a little bit emotional. I feel like this two-parter is a darker Superman story, but it's a darker Superman story that works in the confines of who Superman is without betraying... You know, it's all about him him fighting through the darkness because of his principles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works quite well. Um, and I think by the end, you're you're kind of like... Almost get a little bit teary-eyed and you're kind of rooting for him and saying, no, do not give up because this is Superman. It's, it's just taking the concept of Superman not giving up and putting it in a boxing match, essentially. Uh, to the point where you've even got these little alien dudes in his corner who are like, who, who is Mateo anyway? He's nobody. Who are you? You're Superman. <laughs> now go fight him. And, you know, things like that. Um, and it's, yeah, it goes through the rounds and there's, you know, some great pages of like him looking like he's knocked out, but he gets back in his feet the last second. Um, and it just doesn't matter. He keeps going. And by the end of it, he's, he's got a bulged eye. They're both covered in blood. Um, the art's great. Um, and ultimately, he wins. And it's actually the other guy. When he, when it, it's Mateo, when he realizes Superman's not going to go down, he just lies down and takes a 10 count. Because he says, I might as well just save the time. Because Superman's not giving up. He eventually believes that. Uh, so, 
yeah, that that was part three. I thought that was was pretty solid. And then part four uh, again is a really sad kind of dark tale of Superman. We don't see what's happened to him yet. He's he's floating in space uh, on his deathbed, and these aliens take him. At first, I thought it was actually Green Martians, but it's not because the first time I see one, it, it looked kind of Manhunter esque. But um, it's this healer who's got healing powers, and he's trying to heal Superman, and it's not working. But as he's as he's connected to Superman, healing him, he gets like bits and pieces of who Superman is. Like he sort of like telepathically links with him as he's doing it, and he has like visions of saving Lois. He's you know he hears Lois like shouting help as she's falling through the sky, and he's remembering Superman saving various people. And we meet this alien's wife and kids, and um, the idea that uh, like you know they don't want him to like, lose himself and. He, he he stopped healing Superman at this point. He had to give up because it was taking too much out of him and it was going to kill him. And he starts having more dreams and remembering more things that Superman's done. Saving the entire galaxy, fighting Mongol, stopping nuclear bombs and, and all sorts. And it becomes this conversation where he's basically saying to his loved ones, I have to save him even if it kills me because everyone needs Superman. He has to exist. He will be needed again. Uh, so... It's this really, really sad story of this alien giving his life so Superman can live, because Superman is needed, and uh, it's exactly the sort of thing that is very kind of an extreme, and it does feel like a dark story, but again, it's about the idea of Superman being uh, this inspiration, um, and you know, the issue ends, like, he's given his life to save him, and Superman goes to see his family. And he says that as he was healing me, and before he died, he shared thoughts with me, and there was a message for the 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 children. Um, yeah, uh, all can be lost, but none none are alone. And he hugs them and says he's sorry. Um, and that's where the the story ends. And it's it's a really dour Superman story, but again, it doesn't feel like it's not in the same way where like Zack Snyder's movies feel like they betray what Superman is. It feels like no, it's a really dark chapter in Superman, but Superman. Is still Superman, um, and it's kind of about that struggle. So, um, no, I mean, I'm not surprised. King Superman story is one of the more depressing Superman stories I've read, but it's depressing in a way that's also really uplifting. It's like even through these hard choices, like that hope of Superman still kind of shines through a little bit. So, I actually really like both these parts. So, um, I'm okay. into it. But Kubert's art's obviously very good, especially in the boxing match. The boxing match stuff was great. Um, but yeah. So, um, at this point, I do think Matt should probably read the trade at least when it when it. Oh, I'll wait when it hits. Um, because I mean I'm, I'm a third through the story now. Um, should be should be good. Uh, so that's uh, up in the sky issue two. Uh, I'm probably gonna give it a solid eight point five. Like I actually, like, you know, I I I got emotional at the end of both stories, <laughs> which is actually kind of impressive. <laughs> Um, so, no. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Superman Up in the Sky issue 2, uh, which is the last book we're going to talk about this week. Uh, so, we will move on to the part of the show where we pick our favourites. Uh, we do our favourite panel slash moment, our favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books of the week. I actually only read five, so I'll just be ranking all five of them, I suppose, but all the same. Um, yeah, so, best panel slash moment, Matt, what do you have for us? Um, I'm gonna go. It's it's um, questions introduction in Lois Lane, where she sure. she sneaks into that. Uh, she knocks the dude out with a vodka bottle. That was pretty cool. 
Cool, Connor. I've got narrowed down to two. Is one of them for just the shoe turds? <laughs> it's not, but it is a different Jaro line. Uh, the the Jaro line is the the Batman stealth that cracked me up. Um, but the other, you know, deceased. It's it's cyborg with it's cyborg's entrance. Okay, yeah, I can. It's I a can hell of a panel. Um, for me, I actually there's a bunch of options that I've got in a few books, but I actually think I'm going to go with Justice League and go with the. Uh, the Justice League's entrance, you know, when they say he's not alone, uh, and oh, they're the back silhouettes. him up. And obviously, it's, it obviously turns out it wasn't real, but the moment still played really well for me. The idea that they're coming to back up Starro is really cool. So, uh, or Jaro, sorry, Jaro, I should say Jaro. Yeah. Um, I really like that. So, no, uh, Matt, what was your favorite cover of the week? Um, I had to look back over him. Hmm. Dang, I'm gonna have to go with the. Lois Lane variant. Oh, no. The Justice League variant. I think that's the Dodson's one, right? It that's, is, yeah. Yeah, that, that's mine. I think I'm going to jump. Uh, there's a couple of tempting... I mean, that um, variant for Batman's actually really... Oh, the Delato one. Yeah. That is nice. That thing is just beautiful. If I, I think I'm going to go with that. I was really tempted to go with the Final Destination deceased variant, but... Um, I think I have to go with that Batman one. Just in just in raw art alone, it just looks so mm-hmm. freaking good. Uh, Connor, yeah, good choice. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna side with Matt and go with the the Dodson's Justice League cover because I did really like that. That's fair. Um, all right. Uh, so that takes us on to best art of the week, Matt. I'm gonna give it to Perkins for Lois Lane this time around. That was really good. Like Connor pointed out, it got. The art got better as it got darker, which is a weird thing. Sure. Um, Connor? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Justice League. Uh, I thought it it was pretty pretty great throughout and um, delivered on everything. Um, I'm tempted to say Batman for being more consistent, even though it's not Daniel's best stuff. I feel like all the other ones, like, you know, Lois Lane wasn't as great early on in the daylight. Deceased, I thought, had some dodgy faces. Um, but I'm, I, I, th- I mean, it's kind of a weird one uh, counting-wise, but I feel like I'm actually going to go with Up in the Sky. Kubert's uh, art and that's real good. That counts, yeah. Um, and I feel like uh, maybe the most consistent of any of the books this week for me. So, um, yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, no, but I feel like some weeks there's like a standout or two that we're kind of fighting for. I feel like this week it was more of a, like, oh, which one do I just happen to prefer the most? As opposed to yeah, the like, winner. I, I, I went with just. I thought Justin was very consistent. I don't think there was anything. I don't think there's any panel where I can point at and go, "Oh, I didn't like that panel." Yeah. Um, which is probably why I'm giving it to it, even though I don't think it's stand out. Or oh, this is the best art, you know, that I've I've seen in all you know in weeks. It's 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 good. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we all picked art, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's. I, I would just say. I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume I would have picked Sharp if I'd read Green Lantern. Well, probably, yeah. yes. Just, you know, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Most likely. Um, you can just count that whatever week you do it in. Well, that's next week or the week after. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then so top five books, Matt. Go. Um, Lois Lane, number one. Uh, Justice League, number two. Sinestro, you're the villain, number three. Deceased, four. Batman, five. Okay, Connor. Uh, I'm going to go Deceased, Justice League, Lois Lane. 
Yeah. I'm um, Batman, yes. Um I am um, I'm going to go Lois Lane Superman up in the sky deceased Justice League Batman. I think, yes, we'll go with that. They're all, to be fair, they're all very close. I, I rated everything this week um, an 8 or an 8.5, I think. Like, this, this was actually a very narrow week for me in terms of uh, range. Very consistent yeah. week. Even, even if, like, you know, nothing was like, oh, this is the standout amazing book, because they're all very close to each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, other than Connor's, like, 5 out of 10 for Batman, even our scores, you know, like, I think Matt went, it was his lowest was a 7.5. Um, yeah, yeah, you take away my Batman score though. Everything else I had was eight or eight point five. Yeah, so hey, consistency is good. Um, so there you go. That that is uh, what came out this week. Uh, I must confess, I may have forgotten to ask on Twitter what people's favourites were this week. So apologies I'm for shocked. that. Apologies. Uh, we'll tell you what's coming next week though. Uh, so we have we have Batman and the Outsiders issue four. We have Batman Universe issue 2. We have Catwoman 14, which we won't be covering, of course, but it is coming out. Uh, same with Detective Comics 1009. We have Event Leviathan issue 3. We have The Flash 76. Oh, post-year 1. Let's see how that goes. Um, very intrigued by that. Death, Death of the Speed Force, I believe, yeah. is what the arc's called. Uh, we have Hawkman number 15. We have <laughs> Justice League Odyssey 12, uh, which, of course, we won't be covering. Uh, we have... We'll, I mean, Supergirl and Superman are still on this list, but they, we know they're not coming out now. No, uh, they will be on this list because they are still yeah. technically being shipped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if, if Matt does happen to get his hands on a copy by hook or by crook, uh, we won't cover it until they're actually out. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't read them until they're out. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then we have Wonder Woman 76. So we actually, we, we yeah. legitimately have about half the books that we did last week too, which is insane. I should mention at least that Titans, Burning Rage, which, you know, the, the Titans, one of the other ones, specials of course start. yes um i wasn't as uh hyped about trying that one but no no that's fair yeah. but i mean if you're gonna just say all the things we're not reading we, we should mention that one i think that's fair it just didn't stick out to me in the list as much as the as the as the thing yeah. um so no uh yeah quite our week two which is not such a bad thing to be honest uh last month was pretty pretty hectic so it's nice to have a have an easier one to to breeze through next time um let, let's us faff about it's, a bit more it looks like it's gonna without supergirl and superman kind of on par with this week give yeah, or take bizarrely as yes yeah, like six or seven books so yeah uh that's what's coming next week uh, and of course uh as much as we don't need questions for next week it is worth mentioning that you can send longer questions and questions in general that you want us to pull from in future episodes to an email address that we have now which is mftvquestions at gmail.com please do send stuff over there um, and we'll pull it uh, on an episode where we want questions. So go and do that. Um, obviously, like and subscribe, all the usual things, and uh, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast, podcast, yeah, whatever podcast, podcast app you use. Uh, that does help us. You can also support us, of course, financially by going to patreon.com slash TV, where you can support the show and everything we do for $1 or more a month. And you get some bonuses and exclusives and all that kind of stuff uh, for all of our content if you do. Um, otherwise check out other things we do um you know me, me and connor review a lot of tv shows uh right now maybe most uh, relevant is the boys from amazon which is a 
you know a, a satire of of dc's universe essentially uh is, is basically showing Zack snyder how to actually do a deconstruction uh but sure. still it's, ha- it's very good it's very good it's it's got a lot of heart in it surprisingly it, it is it is what Zack snyder wanted to do crossed with a kick-ass movie not not comic crossed yes. with a kick-ass movie the good one uh, yeah. uh but as, as a tv show yeah. Uh, so well worth checking it. Yeah, Homelander's terrifying. The, almost every scene with Homelander, I, I'm just sitting there hoping the real Superman like appears in the universe. You'll to hope kick it, the shit out of him. Pl- please don't let this be the moment where he, where it, where it's too far. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's saying something. Yep. 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 Yeah. There wasn't the crime syndicate. Like he's actually he's worse. He's terrifying. Yeah. And it's it's kind of great that I, that they made him like that. I've never seen Ultraman do some of the shit that Homelander's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah go check out reviews of that uh, also we have movie podcasts and stuff I do a, a horror movie podcast with Tim called Screams After Midnight check that out I do a sci-fi movie podcast with Tara called The Atomic Cinema Experiment The Ace so go check out that out of interest how much of Screams does Tim spend shilling Goatman to be fair not as much as you think I That's actually, disappointing. I almost have to prompt him to like promote it. I, f- I feel like he's he's being very uh, humble he's shameless on Twitter he's, you know, he's absolutely shameless on Twitter uh, but he's actually bizarrely humble uh, on streams. Once you get him face to face, you kind of scare him out of it. You're like, he's... <laughs> but uh, no, um, so so uh, yeah, check out all the stuff we do. Uh, if you like some of our, our voices and our opinions, you can go check out all that stuff. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that is that is us. So thank you very much for for joining us for episode one seven six. Did I or six seven? One six seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are you giggling at, Matt? You, you... That's numbers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so thank you very much once again for watching or listening. Uh, we always appreciate it. And here's to finishing an episode around two hours, I think, this week, if my math uh, glancing at the timers uh, correct. Uh, we appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion, I think, next week or not.